When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills! What a weekend. What an absolute weekend it was in sports. Look, the NC2A tournament, in my opinion, is the second best sporting event in America. And now I'm even going to add the women to that mix. I enjoyed it. I have never watched, and I, I don't think I've ever started a talk show out for me in my 30 plus years doing this, talking women's college basketball. I'm not that dude, man. I talk about what's trending now and what's going on. And that's not my deal. You know, I mean, major league baseball, watch this sitting around breaking down Philly games in the first weekend. I don't know. Call me after 20 games. I'll let you know what I think of the team after 20. That's how you break it down, right? This, unbelievable. Tonight, national championship. SDSU versus UConn. College basketball, man. I had a great time watching it. Like Canes came up short against, I think, the best team in tonight's matchup. And I think UConn is going to give San Diego State pretty much all they can handle. But I do think Brian Dutcher, that's going to be great to watch tonight. But unfortunately, and by the way, 24 days until the draft, we got a ton of football, obviously. I was just telling Tone my new favorite athlete is Angel Reese, LSU. (laughs) That had to be one of the greatest shit-talking moments in the history of sports. John Cena, you know, I loved it last night. I loved watching that. I loved it. This is the typical double standard that I talk about when you cover women's athletes and men's athletes or black and white. And both had that that dynamic in this. Okay? Women's sports. Get people all over the country, mostly white media dudes, calling Angel Reese classless. I don't see anybody talking shit on Larry Bird when he's calling out people or Jordan wagging his finger, you know, telling, telling, um, Dikimi Mutombo doing going right back at him with that. I didn't see any of that when people were talking shit on Jordan. She does this to Caitlin Clark. I loved it. And you know what that does too? If, White 
media people covered women's sports better, they'd have more of a place and more of a foothold in our society today, and it would be growing quicker. You can't cover these two genders differently. The sport needs that. By the way, the head coach at LSU reminds me of Jimmy Johnson. She lets you be you. And she's legendary. I, 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 I thought every single thing you had in the game, they blew the team out. They upset the number one team in the country. You had shit talking in it. Every sports fan on the planet. You know what's funny? Black or white, every sports fan had to love that. Holy cow, they got personality in this thing. See, the one thing the women can't do, they can't slam it, right? So you don't have the pure athleticism that you see on the men's side. So you have to have more. It can't just be about sexuality. It's got to be about athleticism, personalities. Dude, the best thing happened for women's sports is Angel Reese. That's a win. That's a win. I mean, Caitlin Clark has swagger when she does this. Angel Reese is ghetto. How is that not racist? How is that not like, what are you thinking when you're, how does that go through your mind when you're looking at that going like this? Man, that's awesome for women's college basketball. Dude, that's a massive win. Toad just told me it had more ratings and more viewers than the NBA All-Star game. That's a, that's a massive win, man. You should be celebrating it. Instead, you got people going, what a classless athlete. And I'm like, that's not how I saw that. Women's college basketball needs more of that. More personnel. How do you think WWE rolls? Why? Because the wrestling's real? That sport is completely built around personalities. I don't care what anybody says. Class? Hey, man. You don't win national championships. Require girls. Women. Require boys. That's my favorite team now. LSU women's basketball. I'll be watching more of that. Kudos to you. Congratulations for footing for putting a footprint in sports and putting you on the front page. That's what you do, man. That's that is absolutely perfect. Barry Sanders. Yeah, Barry Sanders and Tim Duncan. No one brings their names up ever. You know why? They're the most boring athletes. Of all time, America doesn't like boring. Get that through your head, JM. Nobody likes boring. Make me take notice of you. Angel Reese, one of my favorite athletes. I'll be watching you, man. I'll be watching you. I love that. People love Tim Duncan. They do. They sure do love Tim Duncan. But I'll tell you what, every time his Spurs got into the NBA Finals, 
they were some of the worst rated finals in the history of the NBA because nobody watched them. Hey, I'll, the, the great series with Spurs and Nets, that was a highly rated series. Dude, I don't care how great you are, okay? I care you make me watch. I don't care what it, this ain't about being a good dude or a good woman. This is about getting people's attention. Sorry, guys. You lose this one on me. I love the girl. I love the athlete. I love what she's done for women's sports. Here I am. Somebody who doesn't cover boring sports. Talking about her. Tonji said 102 points. First time someone reached 100 points. Dude. Huge fan. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. And T goes... T goes like this. Loudmouth hurricane characteristic. Yeah. What did you expect me to say? I come from the school of shit talking. From the school that invented swagger. And you thought I was going to come down on her? Not here. Dude, I, we invented it. And you thought... I was going to come out here and talk shit on her. You got the wrong dude, man. (laughs) Tone goes, they must have forgotten who you were, Sills. Really? You thought I was going to talk shit on her? Hey, man, get this. There's certain people around the country that have, like, vehicles and avenues, and they have FU money. Okay? I I, I have... And for me, I have pure opinions. Man, I love that. Angel Reese. Somebody goes, Sills, will you ever get a um, Jalen Hurts jersey? No, but I'll have have an Angel Reese jersey. Okay? JM goes, how many rings did that win you? Um... Two. Two if you're keeping score. Would you like to see them? They're right under the hurricane hat. Two, JM. If you want to keep score, two. (laughs) Two national championships. How many did that win you? Should have won two more. (laughs) All good, brother. (laughs) All good, man. All good. All good. Let's get, hey, I just had to make that statement, man. How can you call that girl ghetto? And what a racist and what an absolutely racist media. My friends, that right there is the prime example of black athletes being covered differently than white athletes. I, that is, it's, it's, it's blatant. It's blatant. Blatant. Swagger. Ghetto? Where does ghetto, where did you even get that from? <laughs> 
some of you should be ashamed of yourselves that are in the media that say those things about a woman like that, that her and her team won a national championship. That's spectacular. Kudos to you, man. Kudos. I'm a huge fan now. All right, football. Um, funny, I got, I got a sheet over the weekend that told me the team's needs and and Bledsoe showed me a lot of the teams, 32 teams to be exact, on what the needs are. We're going to get to that here in a second. But as we, as we roll into 24 days out from the draft, we said, um, do you think it would be in the best interest for the Eagles to have the extension for Jalen Hurts before the draft? After the draft, what would be the best time? And I'm going to tell you why I think this is going to go where it goes here with Jalen and when the Eagles announce the contract extension. But first, I want to hear from you. What do you think would be the best time? And I want you to do this. And I want you to follow with me because I think this is following the personality of the quarterback of the Eagles. Kyle says after, after. Kyle, why do you say after? After. After Joey B and Justin Herbert. Pay him halfway through the season. I don't want to get Jalen into the season. I want him to sign his contract prior to getting into the year. I'd like to have that wrapped up because I don't want to roll into something that could be Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to roll into anything that could be misconstrued like Baltimore is going through. And nor do you want it to possibly get like that. What, why do you think it's in the best interest after the draft to get this done? I don't want to get it done in June and July either. Okay? Before it's a money issue, might have to trade out of the first round. You know what? You know what, JB? Think about this. If you traded that 10th pick out of the first round, you got more money for Hurts, you know. If you trade the 10th pick and use the 30th pick, you got more money for Hurts. And with the 10th pick, the 10th pick can pay Hurts. Nobody's underlining that. Here's why. Well, as you know, you go from top to bottom, more money, more signing bonus money. If you're the 30th pick, it's less though. And you have more money to pay Hertz. And with the 10th pick, you can go two, three, and four this year, potentially next year. And you've got compensation picks next year. Okay? I like it. That 10th pick can help pay Jalen. It could help pay Jalen, fill holes on the team, and financially make you responsible on the salary cap. Kick the can down the road to next year when you've got a deeper pool of LBs, DTs, and safeties. Positions you're going to have to fill. Absolutely true. That's why you guys are the best. That's why you guys are the smartest. But here's also why I think 
it's playing itself out. What do you think Jalen Hurts and his team went to them, the Eagles, and said this? I'm a team guy. Let's get the guys signed as many as we can. See if how many we can bring back. Let's sign some free agents. Let's get the new guys in so I can get accustomed to talking to them. And then we'll worry about me. Does that sound like Jalen Hurts' personality? I think this is playing out like Jalen Hurts' personality. And see, the thing in Baltimore, it's not playing out like Lamar Jackson's personality. Lamar's a good man. He's a good person. But he's being painted by the honk media that go after because, again, you got to remember something. There's a narrative now. He wants guaranteed money, and every NFL player should be fighting for guaranteed money for every player behind him. Okay? The Deshaun Watson deal, in my opinion, is the greatest deal in the history of the NFL for players. You know why? It's the first sign that someone actually gets guaranteed 100%. How is that not supposed to be celebrated instead of looked at as the antichrist of of contracts in the NFL? How is that supposed to be looked negative at? Now, I get the dude. So it's easy to attack. It's easy to attack because of his character. I get it. I celebrate Deshaun Watson's contract and what Lamar's fighting for. 100% guaranteed contracts. Only people that hate it or the NFL and the media people. Those are the ones that hate it. Why? Shouldn't you be fighting for guaranteed deals for all players? They haven't signed Jalen in case they can make A.J. Brown-like trade. They need cap space. Justin, Miguel, that could be. Miguel, that could be. But I also think... Wait, you don't think Jalen went like this? You don't, you don't think Jalen went, hey, look, let's get let's get as many of our guys signed. I think this played out like this, don't you? Watch. Hey, let's get let's get as many of our guys signed as possible. Let's see what's out there. How he's like to Jalen and his folks. Hey, by the way, you think you think um Howie Roseman. And Jeffrey Laurie are being transparent with him on what they're doing. They're not, they're not asking him what they should do. But do you think they're being transparent with him in this whole process? I think the more transparent you are and the more communication you have, the easier this deal is going to go. Look at, look, at, look at Green Bay, how poorly that's going. Look how, look how poorly that Green Bay deal's going. There's no communication between the two parties. There's zero. I think that's how that whole thing went with Mahomes and when they were talking about bringing in Mahomes and having him come in there, Alex Smith and everybody, hey, this is what we're doing. We're going to make a move for him. But we want you to know. I think that's why this is, I think that's why the waters are so calm in Philadelphia. I'll tell you this. There's not a chance in hell that the waters are calm in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert's people and the Spanos family. Those are sinister owners 
who fight over every nickel and dime. They don't give a shit about anything else but saving money. The guy in Cincinnati, you think that deal's going to go smooth? Hell, we already know in Baltimore it's not. Jalen is making this process smooth. And I think plus the owner, it allows him to come out and go like this. We want him around here a long time. Can I tell you the same thing here? I've got to tell you guys. I think they're going to maybe offer him a seven-year contract. I mean, what would be considered a long time for Hurts and the Eagles? Five years? Five years is it's kind of a long time. It's half a decade. That's a long time. Five years? I can't think seven. I'm going to think five. Greasy goes, damn, what's your take on the Cleveland Browns? I think they're going to contend this year for the conference title. I think they got a lot of talent there. I think they have a lot of talent. The Watson deal was a great deal for players, but the Browns will be the Browns. <laughs> okay, vet. Browns will be the Browns. Little City goes seven, four. Troy, I think four, five, somewhere in there, right? That's a long, t- dude, half a decade. I mean, right? I think it's something like four, five, right? Like that. I think Jalen has gone to them and said, let's get everything done first. Business is business, but you know what? We need a team to win. I think that's why Jalen and the Eagles are going like, I don't think they're sitting around waiting for these other quarterbacks to sign. I think they've already got a number. They've already got the framework. And I think Howie is being given the latitude by Jalen Hurts to do this. Get as many people as you want signed. And to me, I think the amount of money is going to be determined on what they do at 10. Think of it. You trade out of 10, right? The Eagles trade out of 10. Look at the amount of money you save trading out of 10. That money could all be sent towards Jalen Hurts, and you're still making your team better in the same process. The 30th pick is a great pick. It's not a poor pick. The 10th pick is a spectacular pick because you can do more things. How about if teams start parachuting in going, some of them some of them positional players start falling down to 10, and somebody comes to Howie and goes, hey, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a one next year and two twos for that 10th pick if we can jump in there now. Sold. That 10th pick could be the golden ticket for some teams in the NFL out there. Am I right? A lot of that, I think you pay, I think you pay Hertz off that 10th pick and get your team better in the process. The 30th pick is the pick they're gonna take because it's a value pick. Why? You could take B. John Robinson there. Shit, you might be able to trade down two spots into the second round and out of it, get another one. It's still get Robinson in the top of the second. And Howie has a collection of first-rounders and compensation picks next year, like 12 of them. There's a lot of... There's a lot of off-ramps. You can go here with this. Okay? I'll tell you the one thing that the Eagles got at quarterback that they haven't had... Maybe since Jaws, 
They got a guy who loves being an eagle. Have you ever had a quarterback that's a franchise quarterback that loves being an eagle as much as Jalen Hurts has? Randall? Donovan? Nick Foles? Possibly? Jalen Hurts? Seals, when are you going to pay someone $50 million a year? He's now a partner. You know Jalen and Howie already talked. No, 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 Paul. I think they're talking constantly. Let me say this to you. <clears throat> In the last 25 years, has Jalen Hurts at that quarterback position been the best face of the franchise? Yes? No? You think you think Jalen's been the best face of the franchise at that position? I went back and looked, and I'm like, Jaws? Going back to his time when he, in the 80s? Dan, what do you think if they trade down from 10, picking up an extra second, getting Cansey, the kid from Pitt, at 15, Smith at 30, getting old? Plug, I think that's, those are all the right comments. Kyle says maybe best leader. Brian Dawkins is a pretty good leader. <laughs> I don't know, man. Brian Dawkins, I might throw that in the room there a little bit, you know? Brian Dawkins, eagle leader. <laughs> he was pretty good, man. That's a pretty good leader, Brian Dawkins. Right? I like Brian Dawkins. Guy was every time that you ever look at films or you look at sound bites or you see like clips. Who do you see talking in the huddle? Him. Right? Good DB? I might say great DB. All right. I think Hurts, in my opinion, I think Jalen Hurts has set the, I think Jalen has set the tone. Hey, let's get everything done first. Let's get business out of the way. I don't think Jalen considers himself business. I think Jalen considers himself part of the process like Brady did. Is he not handling himself like Brady did in New England? Brady did this. Bill got into free agency, signed guys, moved guys, got ready for the draft. Brady got his money usually after the draft. It was never a debate on how much money Brady got too. It was always a debate on how the roster looked. Nobody ever complained about Tom Brady not being the highest paid player in the history of the sport, did they? Because he never was. You know, Tom Brady made more money in Tampa than he ever did in New England. He never made giant money. I think his last year in New England, he was making $25 million. He was never the highest paid guy in his entire time in New England. And no one said anything otherwise to it. Because it was about investing in himself. Jalen has figured out the Rubik's Cube here. He knows, hey, San Francisco's got a, what is the one common denominator that is the difference point between the Niners and the Eagles? If you're going to play a game, it's the QB. And the QB knows that. 
So the QB, instead of being like the guy in Green Bay, is going to go like this. You know, if I invest five or six more million dollars in my roster and I'm more patient and I'm more transparent with the front office, they're going to be more in line to deal with me over the next seven years. And they're going to be more in line to be communicating with me. No hard feelings. No one's getting butt hurt. And the organization's going to know, guess what? That he's working to keep the team together. What was the one comment that Mike Brown, and I, it, it doesn't it blow your mind? Doesn't it blow your mind? I'll move on to the next topic here in a minute. Doesn't it blow your mind in Cincinnati that the first thing in negotiations with Mike Brown and Joe Burrow's people, hey, you know what? You don't have to have all the money and you don't have to have the highest contract. And you're already coming from a place of being a salesman and you're on the used car lot. Joe Burrow's a brand new car, man. And you want to pay Joe Burrow used car prices. The owner of the Browns, his first words like during the Super Bowl was like, well, you know, you don't have to be the highest paid guy. I'm like, that's not how you start a negotiation. I mean, Mike Brown's on the used car lot. Joe Burrow's over on the new cars next to the Ferraris and the Aston Martins. I mean, right? And then there's Jalen just being quiet. Dude, every week that guy keeps his hole shut. Every week Jalen Hurts keeps his mouth shut. He's making millions of dollars. Baltimore's helping him. Chargers are helping him. Cincinnati's helping him. All these guys are helping him get exactly what he wants. You know what that is? A foothold in the organization and generational wealth and a great team. He's having his cake and eat it. That's smart. He's a smart guy, man. Jalen Hurts is a smart dude. He work on my passing game. Hard not to like him. Hard not to root for him. Hard not to see the journey and say, that represents Philadelphia. Of all the guys, I mean, he's not that much of a personality. So he's not going to sell tickets with that glowing personality of his. You know what he's going to sell, though? Being a Philadelphia person. Show up to work punch my time clock in, go do what they ask me to do. And guess what? Just show up and win. See, that's the difference in Los Angeles and New York. You got to do other bullshit. But when you're in Philly, punch your time clock and win. And your rewards are there, man. Punch your, Jason Kelsey says it. Punch your time clock. Just go win. The other stuff is incidental, man. Punch your time clock and win. Just punch it in and win. Dude, in my opinion, I don't think people understand that. The, the, the Philadelphia sports fan, you walk in there, man, and you're halfway decent and you show effort, in my opinion, they're going to celebrate your ass. Larry Boa, 
Great example of that. Someone like that shows up, does his job, goes to work every day, is on winning teams, loves where he plays. Jaw's a great example. That's why he still lives in Philly. And, and dude, the hardest – and get this, and win. Win with effort. Jalen's smart here. So when you watch this pro- – hey, and everyone, you know, you know the media in Philly is going like this. You think that deal gets done now? You think that – I don't. I think he goes like this, man, because I think this is who the dude is. Hey, man, we'll get it done after the draft. Don't worry about it. We'll see what they do at 10. We'll figure it out then. And I think that's just who he is. Good for him. That's how you build relationships and long-term relationships with your organization. That's the one thing once never got, man. See, I told you this about Wentz and what folks had told me um, when he was in Indianapolis. And the one thing that my friend Frank Wright kept trying to hammer out of him, you can't be friends with half the locker room and half the front office. You got to be friends with everyone, even if you don't like him. You think Brady liked everything that was going on in New England? Brady was a submissive one. He was a submissive one. And guess what? At the end, it was Brady coaching Belichick. Do you see how that morphed? In the beginning, Brady needed all that coaching and discipline. Needed to know what it took. Can you imagine listening to the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the sport and what he sees every day on how to stop a quarterback like Peyton Manning? If you're Tom Brady, how don't you absorb that like a sponge? Brady, what, you think Lloyd Carr at Michigan was teaching his ass that? Are you crazy? Lloyd Carr kept trying to take the job away from Brady every year he was in Detroit, or every year he was in Ann Arbor. They kept trying to take that job away from him. Lloyd Carr. You know, Lloyd Carr, after Brady started winning, oh, he's a Michigan guy. Well, he wasn't a Michigan guy when you were there, dude. You tried taking that job from him every year but one. And the year he... The year he had it, they won 12 ball games. I believe an Orange Bowl. Drew Henson. That's as bad as Mike Glennon at NC State over Russell Wilson. When the coach said we're giving the job to Mike Glennon. Who? Russell Wilson goes to Wisconsin and then writes his own record book. <laughs> Tried. He needed that. But in the end, guess what he did? Because... Belichick's ego is so much bigger than Brady's. Brady knows that. He needed him. Well, that's why that relationship in the end went the other way. Belichick needed Brady. He couldn't teach him anymore. Because Brady brought that same philosophy and all the things Bill taught him to Tampa and they won. He was so dynamic in that process. He won on Zoom calls, a Super Bowl, with his teammates. That's what Jalen's building. Jalen's friends with everybody in that locker room, it seems, to me at least. Is it, is it, is it an environment? Hey, so you think it's really a place to want to play in Philadelphia because of the environment or Jalen? Isn't Jalen the environment now? 
hasn't he now taken on that? You really think it's it outside of this last year? That wasn't a destination for wide receivers to go. As far as I'm concerned, A.J. Brown went to Philly because of Jalen Hurts. He didn't go there because of Howie Roseman. Now the $20 million don't hurt. <laughs> okay? The $20 million don't hurt. But do you think that Philadelphia was a destination of wide receivers before Jalen showed up? Where? Show me. What? What? Where in the world do you have that dynamic that every wide receiver wanted to go to a place where no one's had 100 catches as a wideout? Where did that come from? Has Jalen made it so that free agents want to play? Hey, look, you think free agents are clamoring to go to New England now? What happened in New England with the Patriot way? Where, where's the Patriot way? I'm, I must have missed it. What happened to the Patriot way? Isn't it now the Eagle way? But isn't that because of what Hurts has created? He's created an environment where People want to play there now. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you guys may say that free agents wanted to always come to Philly. I'm like, really? Okay, well, you know, the Super Bowl, you guys got Chris Long. You had a die. You had LeGarrette Blunt. You got all them dudes. Okay. Jordan didn't chase Matumbo. Whatever, man. You can hate on the girl all you want. I loved it. And we'll agree to disagree, dude. We're talking about women's basketball because of Angel Reese. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I 1,000% support her. I hope she does it again. I hope it becomes a signature point of her career. Shit, I'm going to watch LSU basketball because of her. You crazy? That's with some cla class. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I thought it was great for the sport. Get over yourselves. We're not talking about doing something stupid. We're talking about doing something gamesmanship-wise. And somebody doesn't like an African-American girl doing that to a white girl. That's a you thing. Show some class. The other one, she does it to someone else, and it's swagger. Of course it is. It's because you're blinded. All right. <clears throat> Nobody talks women's basketball. <laughs> All right, let's go into, as we are now 24 days out from the draft here. I wrote down positions here. And by the way, this has changed. This has changed for the Eagles. I got all 32 teams, though. And what we'll do is we'll do the NFC East. And then what we'll do is we'll do the rest of the league. But right now, this is what front offices and people are thinking the Eagles need. Let me get the Eagles here. Okay. What do you think the top need on the team is right now? They got four needs circled. <clears throat> They got four needs circled for the Eagles. What do you think those four needs are?
four needs. <clears throat> Kyle says, DT or O-line. Never go wrong with that with that organization. Um, Cilio, you will soon be telling us that Jalen is a dual threat. No, I have not changed off that. Dual threat is not a long... I've not changed off that, Joe. Joe, I'm talking about who Jalen Hurts is. His style of play is completely a different conversation. Don't tie the two the same. They're not. Once again, that's a different conversation. Who he is is what he is today. His style of play will always be something for me that's a negative. Tony Dungy said it here. That will never change. They don't last. So maybe I do have to underline that. Dual threat quarterbacks don't last long in this league, and he won't either. I wasn't talking about that. That's a whole different conversation. DTLBRB safety. DT safety linebacker running back. Look at one above all. Everybody seems to be in the same conversation with this one player. Maurice says, I like an offensive guard pick. I want them to go after the best guards. We're taking running, we're talking running backs. Punter O-line DT. Sills. Jeremiah goes next year. Jalen will be the MVP. Maybe. Got a great offense around him. Eagle better win. No position. Just draft an elite talent. Interesting. Okay. Here's what Bledsoe says. The Eagles. And by the way, this is not how I think they're going to draft. Running back. O-line, D-line, and safety. Is the scouting service right? Running back is first. O-line is second. D-line is third. Safety is four. They don't have a linebacker at all in the building. Maybe N'Kobe. But they didn't even list the linebacker position. They listed running back, O-line, D-line, and safety as the top four priorities for the Eagles heading into the draft in 24 days. Breed goes, I want the OT from Northwest and put him at guard. Skronoski seems to be the highest rated guy. Take the best player. Doesn't this aim you towards this? Why not take with the 30th pick, B. John Robinson? Like I've been saying, take him at 30, trade the 10th pick. Use the money to pay Jalen. Get more picks in this year's draft in rounds two, three, and four. And go there. You're still building the team. You're bringing quality guys. And what's the most important thing for this year? You need volume picks. You need volume picks. We talked all last week about how they're not really good at drafting on that side of the ball. You need as you need as many picks, in my opinion, volume picks. And I don't care what anyone says. 
They don't draft on the defensive side of the football very well, and they haven't over the last 20 years. That's been a fact. Josh Sweat, fourth round, great. Fletcher Cox, for sure. Brandon Graham, and? After that, in 20 years, or 15 years, who? No linebackers, no corners. Very limited in safeties. Edge rusher, kind of, not really. Nobody preeminent and nobody... I would say this to you about Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick has probably been the most dominant pass rusher since Hugh Douglas. Fair? Shepard says Bijan won't be there at 30. Probably right because the Cowboys will get him at 26. You're right. Robinson will probably be taken off the board. There's only one player, though, that can impact the football team this year that's on that draft board. It's the running back from Texas. You think an offensive lineman is going to impact the Eagles or edge rusher or safety? You really think there's a sauce gardener out there? And plus they got their two corners signed to $14 million deals. There's not a player in that first round outside of that running back from Texas that could come into that football team and help Jalen Hurts more. Nobody. There's nobody in that draft except the running back from Texas. And you're going to pass over him because why? Hell, how about doing this? Trade the 30th, trade from 10 down to as long as it's in front of the Cowboys. You trade in front of the Cowboys. And you make sure they don't get him because the Cowboys are going to get him. The Cowboys are going to grab him. Philly 500. Yes, draft Bijan. Please, God, for the love of all cannolis worldwide. Draft five big sills. I'm 100% behind Philly 500. When he was the first, actually, to put that out there. Okay? Trade down from 10. Got to trade. Put it in front of the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to. The Cowboys are drafting this man. They are drafting Bijan Robinson if he falls down there. The Eagles are in control of their own destiny here. Watch this, though. Do I think they do that? No. But there is not a guy in that draft. There's not a player in that first round that can help him more than that running back from Texas. Nobody. O'Lyman. Shit, Cam Jurgens is probably going to be more of a of an impact than anybody you would draft in the first round in the O-line, a guard. And plus you're in between Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. And you got Jeff Stoutland coaching you. I'm assuming that's a pretty good class to be in. So wait a minute. My teacher's my teacher is Jeff Stoutland and the two guys that are playing next to me are Pippen and Jordan. I think that's pretty good. That's quite an education Cam Jurgens is going to get. Hey, I'm going to make a proclamation to you right now. I think Cam Jurgens is going to be an all-pro in about five years. You're going to have the new generation of all-pros, Landon Dickerson, Jordan Mulata, and Cam Jurgens. Why? Well, 
because the or- the guy leading the orchestra is the best in the business. This guy's Leonard Bernstein over here. He's sitting here at the Boston Pops. I mean, he's how could you not think that? Right? Robinson helps you the most. Move down. Don't let the Cowboys grab that guy. The Cowboys are moving the needle more towards the Eagles. And by the way, whatever it is, Dak's got the pink slip on the Eagles. He beats you guys all the time. Now, Mike McCarthy's not a new play caller. (laughs) I think that, in a way. Let's take a look at the NFC East now. Okay, then we'll look at the entire league on needs as we get ready for the draft in 24 days. Okay. Let's go to the um let's go to Washington. Washington needs a quarterback. Right there. When I start out, they got three needs: quarterback, O-line, and linebacker. I actually think Washington is improving right in front of our eyes. I think Washington's getting better. But when you start with this, watch. Quarterback. Dude, that's the one thing you don't want to hear when you're getting ready for a draft. What's your biggest need? Quarterback. Shit. Everything else is incidental. Everything is incidental. Well, you need a corner. Get the quarterback fixed first. Quarterback. The quarterback position is essential in building your roster. Ask Rex Ryan. Ask Bill Belichick right now how important not having a quarterback in the building that can win games. You know the problem that you have with Mac Jones? You had too much. When Brady left New England, the shockwave in New England is still being felt. It's still being felt. You didn't have a game, a guy that could throw you out of trouble. You don't have coordinators in the building helping him. Getting Bill O'Brien back in that building is one of the most important hires that they have made in a long time. Because he's a guru there. This guy worked with Jalen. Getting him back in, in New England and getting a true coordinator in the building. Like, remember something, Bill O'Brien didn't suck with the Texans. That guy actually had a winning record. He was a horrible general manager, and the McNair family are terrible. He won with, what was that kid from UNC? One with some like stiff quarterback. I think he even won a division title with him. Washington needs also O-line help. That plays into the Eagles. I said it last week and I'll say it again. I think the Eagles have the best front four in the East. And they need linebackers. Okay. But again, I go with tone on this one. That's not really an impact position. But for them to have to need linebackers, it tells you that how weak they are. And by the way, I think the Eagles are weak at linebacker too. But it's here, here's the deal. But they have one of, I think them and Washington have the best defensive line in the East, NFC East. Okay? And again, Jordan Davis is put in a new role. He's put in a new role. Let's go to the... I'm so thrilled that Bledsoe sends me these 
reports here, and I'm grateful that they do. And a lot of my friends like Frank Reich and all these guys send me a lot of information. Um, and so we're, we're very thankful to that, that those guys end up doing that for us. All right, let's do the Cowboys. What do you th- Here's the Cowboys' needs. Running back? Wide receiver? O-line? D-line? Linebacker? And DB? Okay, well, let's take a look at this. They gave that tag to Tony Pollard. I still think they need another guy in the building, and that's B. John Robinson. Brandon Cooks, wideout was their second need. Look at what they did. Cowboys went right down the list. Running back, Pollard, franchise tag. Brandon Cooks, restructuring of a contract. Second. O-line. Okay. O-line's pretty good in the draft this year. I told you the shitty positions are running back, safety, linebackers. Not very good at defensive tackle outside of the top guys. Okay. They need linebacker help. Here's my boy, Philly 500. Bijan and Philly is plug in and play now. Your offense is stable in the next five years. I'm not worried about the second contract. Get me a couple rings. It's correct. It's exactly correct. Gives a shit if he breaks down in five years. Most of these guys are breaking down in five years. What was Todd Gurley after five? What was Zeke Elliott after five? Most of these guys, again, they, they don't have a lot of tread on the tire. And... To his point, you how about this? So let, let, let's 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 look at the offense. Bijan Robinson and and Boston and Gainwell, Penny, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Goddard's gonna have a thousand yards this year. Your old line is completely intact outside of the right guard position. And by the way, I think Isaac had a great year last year. I really like him. And I thought he played well at the back end of the season, too. He was really a good ball player, man. I thought he and Lane Johnson destroyed the Giants. They destroyed the Giants. I know something you don't know, Hassan, is actually good. And the Eagles are in talks with trading Devin White. Um, Underdog? He's a great pass rusher, not a very good tackler, and um, not a very good cover guy. But his skill set is not what he was brought in here to do anything other than what I just said, these latter two things. He was brought in to rush the passer, and he's a lead at that. Hey, Seals, Drew Rosenhaus is telling Jalen Carter not to take meetings in teams outside of the top 10. This kid has a bad pro day, bad interviews, is now waving teams off. Thoughts. This is what I would do if I was Jalen Carter and April 3rd right here coming out of the April Fool's weekend. If I'm Jalen Carter, the number one thing you better not do is lie. Even if it hurts you. Do not lie. Do not lie. 
Was that your fault? Yes. Um, did you get a speeding ticket? Yes. Don't come up with. You ever watch draft day? And they were talking about that that thing they do with the playbook and they put a $100 bill at the back of it to see if the quarterbacks read the playbook. And the so-called number one guy didn't read the playbook, He but then told him about the $100. And then the guy tried lying about the lie. Don't lie about the lie. End it. It can't get any better for you. Whatever you do, don't lie. Just tell, hey, you can have mistakes. Hey, man, I didn't see. I, I, Yeah, okay, I did. All right. But just don't sit there and try to make an excuse for it. You got to be accountable. And I think right now one of the things about Jalen Carter, my issue is accountability. Okay? Don't lie, kid. Look, you're young. You make mistakes. I get it. We all did. Jerome Brown did. I'll give you a Jerome story. So I was there for this. Eagles, Vikings. I think the Steelers too, man, were like really interested in Jerome. And Jerome had a gun charge and a speeding ticket charge. He had a lot of like reckless things at Miami. And they thought he was a loose cannon. Okay, Miami, you know, we're all there kind of. You've heard Jimmy Johnson call us all on the edge. We were all like that. And the guy goes to Jerome. Jerome goes like this to me. We're sitting around. We're we're having, we're over at um, Monty Trainers, a local place in town that we always used to go eat. And he's like, they asked me if I, um, if I had those guns and those Uzis and all that, I go, what'd you tell him? He goes, I told him I gave them to you. <laughs> and I went, I went like this. Great. And he goes, but I did tell him they were mine. I said, Jerome, you probably got drafted in the first round now because of that. Jimmy kept telling him too, don't lie to these guys. They're looking for the lie. Remember when a guy like Jeff Ireland, who was the general manager of the Dolphins, Asked Des Bryant if his mother was a prostitute. That wasn't because he thought Des Bryant's mother was a prostitute. He wanted to see Des Bryant's reaction. Now, you can't ask them ridiculous questions like that any longer. Okay? You can't ask those ridiculous questions. But Ireland and all them guys used to ask. They wanted to see the response. How you acted under pressure. If you made excuses up, don't make excuses for the lie you told. Hey, man. Yeah. Okay. Ten lies. Don't. Hey, it's not going to work. Teams are going to pass on you because you know why? That means you're not trustworthy, man. Jalen Carter, it's not a talent issue now. It's not a talent issue with Jalen Carter. It's an accountability issue. Dude, he's the second best player in the draft next to Will Anderson. He's the second best player. Okay? By the way, Gary Carter's going to – or Gary Carter. <laughs> Gary uh, Gary Cobb's going to join us, as he always does, on Monday at 
4.30 Eastern from Fox 29. We'll get his thoughts. Take my son. Took my son to Jerome's grave two weekends ago. You're in Brooksville? Oh, Philly loves Jerome. He sure does. I owe him a hat. I owe him a hat. That's great. So you were in Brooksville. I posted Jerome on my on my Twitter page. I posted um, because it was Palm Sunday. And Jerome was a pretty religious guy, man. He's, uh, I believe, a Baptist. And Big Sills is a Roman Catholic. And um, we used to go back and forth and have some very spirited debates. And Philly, you'll love this one, man, before we move on to the other teams. So Jerome used to go like this. Man, every time I walk into a Catholic church, man, I mean, guys are always sad. So when I walked in saw, and it was for Jerome's funeral, all of a sudden everybody started singing like we were at a concert. And I looked over at Mr. Brown and I go, he goes, it's a celebration of life. My wife and I looked at one another and we cried harder. I was like, man, there was Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and Seth Joyner and Chris Carter and Buddy Ryan. And it was a who's who. It was a who's who that day. My wife, my wife has on this side, Cortez Kennedy on the other side, Russell Maryland. Both these guys are in tears. One was the first player taken in the draft. And Cortez over here on the left side was uh, putting a Hall of Fame career together. They're holding my wife's hand. I'm sitting behind these two. Lonzo's sitting next to me. Winston Moss is sitting next to me. Reggie's on the other side. Whew. I told you what we did too, man. Jerome didn't like ties. So when we put him in the ground, everyone took their tie off, put it in his box and closed it up and sent him to the greatest football field in the world. That's what we did. I mean, I'll tell you what. A moment I'll never forget. Probably one of the greatest teammate moments I've ever felt because it was Canes and Eagles. And we'll always be connected. That's why Keith Byers and Keith Jackson and all them dudes are my boys. And we're all boys to this day. Be a day I'll never forget. I want to continue this. We haven't done the Giants. I want to do the Giants. And every team as we get ready for the NFL draft. Got the Giants. There's the Giants. We'll do the Giants next. Um, all 32 teams. We did the Eagles. We'll kind of reset that a little bit. Also, bottom of the hour, Gary Cobb from Fox 29. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. 
at Messon Associates for an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show, Gary Cobb, bottom of the hour. We're going to finish up here all the needs of the teams in the National Football League as we get ready for the draft 24 days out. Um, look at the Browns, man. They have to um, – or they had to pay Deshaun Watson $169 million of his giant contract that was held in escrow this past Friday, and they didn't want it to divulge whether they did it or not. Why? Aren't you proud of your guy? Or is is that more for people not to know or that the owners don't want that out? Who do you think that's for? The owners don't want you to know that here's $170 million that was held in escrow for him, part of that contract. Because why? Do you think that's because of Tom, Dick, and Harry NFL fan, or do you think that's because the owners don't want that contract and the particulars of that contract public? You know why they don't? I'll give you a couple reasons. Ready? Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, Hurts. You think they give a shit whether we think that the guy in Cleveland got $170 million? Me and you, that might be monopoly money. 
They're not doing that because you and me are going to go, whoa, can you believe that? Unbelievable. Can you believe that? He got $170 million. Here's why. That guy just got paid in an escrow more money than what Jalen Hurts would get paid in guaranteed money. And that was just part of the contract that they owe him. If you're Jalen Hurts and you're Clutch Sports and you're Herbert or Burrow, aren't you doing this? Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not even a signing bonus. That ain't even a signing bonus. That's part of the contract that was put in escrow. Okay, Jalen Hurts is not going to get $170 million in guaranteed money. This guy just got paid $170 on Friday afternoon on his way into watching the Final Four with his boys at a bar in Cleveland. You and me sitting around. Yeah, they, they held out the peculiars, and they didn't want to comment whether they did it or not to the public. To the public? <laughs> Yeah, the owners don't want that. They don't want that. Hey, if they could do this with that contract that Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, put together for Deshaun Watson, if they could have a non-disclosure agreement on that thing, they would. They would, man. Don't you think every agent, by the way, gets certified to be an agent in National Football League? And the NFL Players Association, they show the agents those deals. Jalen Hurts ain't getting $170 million guaranteed, but Deshaun Watson got $170 million in escrow on Friday. Part of the deal. Not even counting his – that's not even his base pay starting in September. <laughs> oh, He's going to get $40 million – this is crazy. Crazy money. Hurts and his Hurts has to be doing. Man. Didn't this guy get a escrow payment that was more than what Dak signed for? <laughs> oh, man. You're a quarterback. Hey, you're Joe Burrow. Tell me you're not doing this. What is up with that? So wait a minute. Are you going to try to tell me that Sean Watts is going to be a higher paid quarterback in the state of Ohio than me? Yeah. <laughs> He'll go, well, I'll have a higher base. Deshaun could turn back and go, yeah, but I'm getting all mine. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. <laughs> uh, dude, that's big money, man. Joe Burrow, he's got it. He, and then, by the way, he, he's talking to like, you know the guy who used to do those old paint jobs on cars, Earl Scheib? Earl Scheib, I think, like, doubles as Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals. Hey, come in here, man. You got a $30 paint job for your car. We'll make it just right. <laughs> we'll make that bad puppy look just as good as new. It's a $30 paint job. I'm going to have a $30 paint job on my BMW. Just as good as new. <laughs> Dude, you're Howie, you're Howie Roseman. Dude, you want you you don't want that noise out there. Deshaun Watson just got $170 million Friday. Well, it was a bonus, right? 
No, it was part of the contract. What? <laughs> Cash money. <laughs> Dude, that's a guy that should have that. That's a guy that should have that T-shirt. Cash money, baby. <laughs> Holy cow. Happy Easter to you. <laughs> Man, I saw that. Con- you notice, too, it was like not even really reported that he got that money. He had to really look for it. I was like, man, Watson. And so I, I, I talked to a couple agents. I'm like, so that was the signing bonus? He goes, no, no, that was the percentage of the contract that they promised in the, the structuring of the deal that he would get that money. They put it in escrow, and now we got it March 31st. <laughs> it's not even the signing bonus. It's kind, kind of some of the sign. Well, because there's really no – Really, there's really kind of no signing bonus because the whole thing's guaranteed. Oh, yeah, Greasy. There's no quarterback, in my opinion, that's under more heat. But guess what Deshaun Watson can say? Hey, man, whether I play good or not, I'm going to treat your ass like Kyrie Irving treats the Dallas Mavericks, the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't have to listen to you. I don't give a shit. I'll do what I want, and my contract's fully guaranteed. I don't owe you any explanation. You see, that's how the NFL owners keep you in tow. Because when you sign a seven-year contract like Jalen's going to sign, how many of those contracts you ever see quarterbacks fulfill before they're either traded or cut? That's Derek Carr how that deal worked out. For him with the Raiders. Right? Ask him how that worked out. <laughs> what happened? Well, I didn't get the back end of that contract. Why? Because it's not guaranteed. Deshaun could basically just do this. I don't give a shit what you think. My 230. You paid me. T- See, in theory, Cleveland paid Deshaun Watson $230 million to go play in Cleveland. Because nobody would have went to Cleveland. But for $230 million, anybody would have went to Cleveland. That's why when people were going like this, hey, maybe he'll play in Atlanta. Hey, maybe he'll play in Philly. Hey, maybe he'll play. Man, whoever gave him the biggest bag of money is where he was going. Remember what that one dude from Houston came on our program and said he'll never go to Cleveland. Two days later, he was in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, why? Because Haslam got on his airplane And this is even after they picked up the extension of $18 million for Mayfield. They picked the $18 million up on Mayfield, then flew down, then flew down and said, here's 230. (laughs) Do you think Watson wants to win? I do. I like Deshaun, man. He's a star player. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to have a lot of pressure on his ass. He's got to play, man. Trust me when I tell you, just like Roethlisberger's bullshit in Pittsburgh, he wins them a Super Bowl or he wins them an AFC championship, nobody in Cleveland will remember any of that other stuff. That stuff will all go away. You think in Baltimore they remember Ray Ray Lewis was involved in a murder case? In Baltimore, you think they care? You think anybody in Baltimore cares Ray Lewis was involved in a murder case? Do you? Or do you think the two Super Bowls he helped them win? Don't you think that erased all that? Remember something. What's it to you? Who cares? Okay, we're not moralists here. We're football fans. You know, I mean, 
That's how it works. Winning covers that stuff. It's not about right and wrong. Nobody's inviting these people over to your home or asking you to take your daughter out on a date or your daughter marry them or your son. That's not what this is a conversation about. That's what people get. It sometimes blows my mind. You care more about the stupidest shit on the planet. We're fans. That's all we are. We're fans. We pay the bills. Show up and play and win. Al Davis's old mantra. Athletes aren't idols to me. They never have been. My grandfather, my priest, people that were my aunt, people like that, my coaches, people that were important to me were my idols. Football players are like SpongeBob. They're cartoon characters on TV. How could they be idols? Unless you have a personal relationship with these men, how is that possible? That's why I never weighed into that. I never looked at a guy that I didn't know, called him something or called him an idol. Hey, did I want to play like Randy White or did I want to play like Lawrence Taylor or Reggie White? Sure. Be them? I don't know them. Yeah, uh, Jack, a priest, Father Bob, who was my father and married me and my wife. And by the way, he was the priest that informed all the parents who lost their children at Newtown. And so he is a pretty important person in my life. And Father Robert Weiss is one of the absolutely greatest men that I've ever known. And he's still my priest to this day. He married me and my wife, and he was my priest at Stanford Catholic High School. Priest, yes. And now he's a Monsignor. Okay? At the um, Archdiocese in Bishop, or in uh, Bridgeport. Um, out of Pittsburgh, I know that guy, um, Eagle Way. Dude, tell you something. Pittsburgh puts out a ton of great athletes. Okay? Put out a ton of great athletes. Okay? Ton of great athletes. Let me get back into here. Again, we talked about, we went through the NFC East a little bit. Gary Cobb will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Um, 32 teams and 32 needs. I said this about the Eagles, and this is what Bledsoe has down. And running back, O-line, D-line, and safety. Let's go through the teams here now as we get ready for the draft. And by the way, this will tell you a little bit more so on what players may be available at 10 or 30, or maybe you want to trade down or out. Okay? Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, O-line, D-line, defensive back. They got a linebacker in Kaiser who played in Philly. I think those are the needs. They need O-line, D-line. Imagine this. Here's the complete difference between the Cardinals and the Eagles on why the Eagles win and the Cardinals never win. You ready? When you're an organization, there's three things you can't need. Quarterback, O-line, D-line. Eagles have that covered. The rest of it is filling in the blank. That's why they win more than Arizona. Arizona is constantly in need of O-line, D-line. You know why? Because they... They can't evaluate those positions. They can't. Falcons, 
Look at this laundry list. I'm sorry, the kid they got down there now, that kid Desmond Ritter, um, whatever. You think he's good? You're going nowhere with him. Quarterback, O-line, Jesus, criminy. You're already in trouble. Wide receiver, defensive end, linebacker. Can you have any more of the premium positions in need? O-line, probably left tackle, quarterback, and wide receiver. Three premium positions that you need help on. Arizona, too, right? D-line and corner. (laughs) I mean, talk about premium positions. Okay? Ravens. All contingent on the quarterback not being there. Wide receiver. Isn't that always the theme there, though? D-line can't stop anybody. And corner. So wait a minute. A premium position. A premium position. That's another good thing about the Eagle uh, The Eagle needs. Running back is not a premium position, but there's a premium player there. And O-line, D-line. O-line, D-line. They're talking depth. They're talking depth, not starters, depth at both positions in Philly. Safety is a need, but it's not a premium position. That's why Gardner Johnson didn't get the $10 million or the $8 million that he wanted in Philly. Howie wasn't going to pay $20 million for a defensive tackle, and he wasn't going to pay $8 million or $6 million, whatever it was, for Gardner Johnson at safety. He wasn't. That's why he turned around and Slate takes the haircut. He gives him more money up front, and he did take a haircut. Well, I think Tone and I figured out he took a $3.5 million haircut, did Slay, per season. That's significant. And the reason they gave him the upfront money, that's what Rosenhaus wanted, because they he you think truly, you think that guy's on the team next year. At 33. Good luck to you. Um, that's why he took the that's why they got the upfront money. Plus, you defer that out and you got less of a cap hit next year. Smart. Smart. And in the open market, he's not getting 14. We talked about it. Stefan Gilmore didn't get 14. They're the same age, and Stefan Gilmore's had a better career. Gilmore, 2019, was the defensive player of the year. Enough with that. Here's the Bills. This is an important need. RBO line wide receiver safety DE. I don't think the Bills dropped off that much. I don't. All right. Before I bring Gary Cobb on, 24 days out to the draft. And I said this in the first hour, and I want to go down this line again here with him. Um, I think the conversation with Jalen Hurts is going the way it's going because they're being awful transparent with him. And I'm going to, and I just brought something up to you. Deshaun Watson just got $170 million on Friday. 
$170 million on Friday, and it was an escrow. Jalen Hurts won't get that in guaranteed contract. Okay? He won't, or he won't get that in guaranteed money. That's part of that deal. You got Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, and Hurts, and they see that. Let's bring Gary Cobb from Fox 29 in. How about this? Wow. $170 million, and the league doesn't want to confirm nor deny it because I said this. They don't want that out there when four contracts have negotiated, and you're talking about a deal they hate the most in Cleveland. I mean, 170 wow. 170 for Deshaun Watson on an escrow payment. I mean, you know, that that's just a butcher of a job Cleveland did. You know, I mean, they signed him, you know, and he, he's shown, you know, the potential and all that. But how many great years has he had? You're giving him that type of money. I mean, whew, what can you say? I mean, it's, it's their money, but, um, you know, really, I think that, you know, they just they just throwing a lot of things off. Uh, you know, I mean, I I don't really like what Lamar's doing. I don't I don't know that I see, think he's doing the best job of representing himself. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, because I, I don't think it's the best thing for the league. You know, I mean, but you know, guys, you know, of course, everybody's got the un, uh, individual decisions. But uh, to go in there the way he has, you know, and you know, when you had mentioned the other time about the fact that Ozzy, I mean, he's still down there. I mean, I I know if I got joke with him you know, about you know, you know uh, whether he's you know really retiring. I mean, you'd have to big put big quotes by there to say he's retired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's his that's that's somebody's opinion. But I know that he is involved. Hey, and hey Gary, it reminds me of that Godfather <laughs> movie. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in again. That, and, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's amazing, but you know they, they just did a butcher of a job in Cleveland. I mean, what were they doing to give him all that guaranteed money? You know, because you know a, a team has to look at the fact that hey, you know a guy could go down, and especially if you got somebody that's running with the football. Injuries are a part of playing football. It's not something that anybody's shocked about. It's just a matter of who got hurt and how long they're going to be out. But there are going to be injuries in football. That's part of the sport. So to be giving guys, you know, and, and, and I'm for the players. You know, I'm for the players. And, you know, I mean, I I, I was just talking with some guys. I mean, and they were all old guys, you know. Oh, and we're talking about, what were we thinking paying for the peanuts we were playing for? <laughs> hey, look, I got a $700 workout check. These yeah, guys I mean, are getting like 70000 bucks for just showing up to the complex. I, I mean, know. right? I, I mean, mean, wow, look at this ten grand I just got. And, and, you know, I'm talking about guys who are pro bowlers and the best players in the league making peanuts man yeah like especially you know when we came, when i when i came in the league i mean it was you just shocked i mean because we had to work through the offseason i'm not talking about wanted to work we had to work through the offseason working camps going places <laughs> right i mean you did everything you could right 
Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I'm glad to see these guys making the money, though, because, you know, the league's making the money. The players should be making, uh, getting a good percentage of it. I mean, that's only right. The guys out there, especially you're talking about playing a game like football, you know, uh, if you're playing baseball, I mean, that's one thing. You know, how many guys really get hurt real bad in baseball? Football, believe me, uh, I, you know, I, I some of the older guys, you know, and, um, you know, I do some things that work, working with older guys and making sure they're okay. Some of these guys, you know, they're not in good shape. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I got out, you know, pretty healthy. And you played a long time. You're another one of those 10-plus year guys, 14-year yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, Gary, do you believe that I, – I said this about Hurts. And tell me if you think that this, you're around this team. Mm-hmm. D- don't you think that this is kind of his personality? And I'm going to go – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you if you think that 10th pick could – I'm going to ask you kind of like a two-point question here. Uh-huh. Do, don't you think that him and Clutch being as transparent as they're being right now are doing this? Hey, take care of the guys. Let's see how many we can get back. Free yeah. agency, go into the draft, and we'll take care of this whole thing after the draft. To me, it just seems that that's more his personality. And if you're Howie, that 10th pick, Gary, well, that 10th pick, you could pay Hurts. Somebody comes in there, either you trade out of it, go two, three, and fours this year, get a one maybe next year. You're cheaper. You're still improving the team. And the ten million or the twenty-five million you save at the tenth pick, you pick at thirty or you pick at fourteen, and you're still improving the team, and you use some of that equity to pay Hurts. I mean, you could do so many things with that tenth pick, and I don't yep. don't you think they're being wide open with him on what they're thinking? I, I think they are, and I think that um, you know you're seeing you know clearly you know who Jalen Hurts is. I mean, because you know. Football is one thing, you know, when you start talking about somebody's money, <laughs> you know, that's personal, you know. So the fact that he is. So you think his silence is showing you kind of even more who he is? I, I mean, I, I definitely yeah. think so. I mean, because, yeah. come on, he could be stirring the pot right now. If he, yep. Come on. The pressure he could put on the Eagles, if he would say, you know, I, I, I want my stuff taken care of and everything. Come on. He could put some serious pressure on them. He sure can. And, I mean, you know, the fan base, come on, they would be like, what are you doing? You know, so the fact that uh, he hasn't said anything and that clearly, you know, he is, you know, giving them room to, you know, put together the best team they could put on. And I, and, and clearly he's, he's, he's going down that Tom Brady's road to the, to a degree already. I mean, the fact that he hasn't said anything because, he could put enormous pressure on them if he were to say something. I mean, enormous pressure with where he is, where this team is and everything. So the fact that he hasn't said anything, clearly, you know, he, he's working with them. Who do you think has more pressure on them entering into September? Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, or Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator? Well, uh Cause look what you got on the offensive it's side, Gary. To, you got everybody back. You got well, everybody back. Don't I, mess it I, up. I, I I think I think that uh, yeah, clearly there's more there's more pressure. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. On offense. Offense has got to, I mean, they got to be dominant. That's clearly, you know, you hear everybody say it, you know, you're, you're, you're expecting somewhat of a drop off from the defense. You know, you're expecting, you know, you're expecting that. and um I mean, looking at the, the people they lost, you know, they have got to be one, two, three. They got to be right up there at the top of the league offensively. Oh, yeah. And and that's what they've got to do. That's what's expected of them. So there's more pressure there. And they, you know, they don't have time to play any games. They got to start off. And they I mean, like they got to start off hot or, or they're going to hear it right away because they, they were so dominant last year that uh to expect the same thing you know they they, they've got to be dominant clearly and who do you think the um eagle defensive coaches are expecting to see a major leap from jordan davis or nicobe dean well you know you know probably both of them um you know when you think of jordan davis though being that he played more uh, but they're going to need quality play out of both of them. I mean, you know, they're going to need them to step up and and deliver. You know they, that. You know, clearly, you know that's why they brought them in here. Um, you know, Jordan was the number one, uh, but they're they're going to expect a lot out of of, uh, of both of them. Really, you know, they got to hit the ground running. I mean, uh, both of them are going to be on the field probably a lot. And, you know, Jordan, he's got to come in, man. He's got to be in great shape. You know, last year, when I saw him in, in there, you know, he didn't have the stamina. I mean, they were rotating and everything. Uh, but if they're going to leave him on the field, you know, he really, there was a challenge to say whether whether he had the stamina to do that. It was too and much flashy. Got- what, it was too many flash plays. And then, like, not seeing him, I thought, with him a year ago. Right, Gary? I mean, I mean, I mean you, you want to – 
to me right now, as of right now, he hasn't lived up to the 13th pick, but now he's in a different role. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here, because as you know, being a rotation guy, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's something that he's never done when he was at Georgia, being a rotation guy. All of a sudden now, when you're thrust into that role, I think sometimes a guy that's been in a role of a starter and a star going into that sub role, mm-hmm. that's also a tough transition. So now he's being yes, put in a starter's role. I, I would agree. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're you're not out there all the time, you know, you don't get a feel of the game. You know, you don't get a feel of uh, of everything. and You're on and off. And so, uh, but, but, but again, if they're going to leave him out there, he's got to have the stamina to do that. I don't know that he could have done that last year. You know, uh, and he, he's got to come in in shape and he's got to know that now. I mean, like he's got to be working out. He can't come in and be one of those guys, you know, I'm going to get in shape. You know, no, nah, we don't want to hit. You come in here in shape. You know, he, he has got to uh, do it because he's got the potential to be dominant, you know, because he's, he's a, a specimen of an athlete. But he's got to do it all year. You can't just show up and, and you're going to work. You know, you got to be working out all year training. And hopefully he's done that and realized that he's got to show that kind of commitment because he's got tremendous opportunity there. But but he's got to show up. With, you know, the big thing is being in, in the kind of shape that he needs to be in order to play, you know, the number of plays they need him to play because he can't be looking over doing this. Hey, man, look. Yeah, no. You can't be doing that. Hey, hey, cut that out. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, you, no, you, 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 you need to play 65% of the snaps there. That's I wanna, right. I want to throw this at you here. Do you think that Philadelphia is still a, a desired and a desired place to want to come and play with free agents? And let me, let me throw this at you here. I don't remember any free agent wide receivers clamoring to come to Philadelphia prior to to um, AJ showing up and the fact that you guys have never had a hundred catch wide receiver in the history of the franchise. I mean, but, and I compare it to kind of new England. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think new England's a destination now. I think Brady made the environment yeah. for people to want to come and play there. Is Correct. this more of um, Jalen change? Cause look, AJ Brown, he convinced mm-hmm. them to come and play in Philly. Do you think mm-hmm. this is more of a result of Jalen, his hard work? the winning that you're seeing now with him, that that culture is now bigger because of him? Well, you know, I, I think it's it's because of him, without a doubt. But last year, even though they didn't win the whole thing, they were one of the featured teams. I mean, clearly, uh, yep. not just with the fact that they went to the Super Bowl, but all year they had, you know, games where you're, letting, you're having guys with big games and uh, big numbers. So I think that there, there are guys around the league have definitely noticed the Eagles and what they did offensively. Uh, so I definitely think this is a place that people look at. And, you know, of course, you know, guys are looking at the numbers, but somebody figured they could come here and they could have a big year. Um, even I wouldn't even be surprised if they were able to sign a veteran player to play that third wide receiver spot who thinks they could put up some big numbers, some good numbers, that's going to help them make money the next year and come in here for a year. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they wound up getting somebody that they're kind of surprised because they can come, they figure they can come in here and have a big year because if you have a third wide receiver that's uh, that's doing a good job, I mean, he could come in and put some nice numbers up here because they've got teams, a defense has so much else to think about with this offense 
Uh, that would you, you make know, a play for Odell Beckham or D Hop? I, I, you know, I think too pricey. Good, I, I think he's too pricey. Uh, you know, Hopkins, yeah, they're they're too pricey. I'm talking about somebody that's a veteran receiver who um, is not the marquee marquee, but in this situation, the fact he's going to be singled all the time, people don't have any time to really think about that that third receiver because they're worried about all these other weapons that somebody could come in and have a really good year and it could be a nice move to put them in position to go somewhere and make some good money. How about, let me throw this at you here. We know coaches, if I'm not mistaken, correct me on my Eagle history here a little bit. I think that Ray Rhodes won an NFL coach of the year award. I think he may have even done it a few times. And then he was blown out. Matt Nagy won a coach of the year award a couple of years ago. Two years later, he was fired and he had a pretty decent record up there in Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, mm -hmm. Nick Sirianni, do you think head football coaches are more under the gun when it comes to pressure and having to prove themselves more so every year than, say, quarterbacks? Because, I mean, you could be in favor. Look at what John Mara said about Brian Dable. Hey, don't go from being a star to a putz because that can happen to head coaches overnight. I mean, uh, look at Doug. Look at Doug Peterson. Doug mm -hmm. Peterson wins a Super Bowl, has one of the greatest eras in Eagle history, and he's blown out because of whatever circumstances was around it. I mean, are, are, well, are, I guess my question to you is: Are you one thousand percent sold that Nick is going to be here for a long time? Well, I think uh, you know when you say a long time, I, I'd say uh, I'm <laughs> confident. You know, let's say five years. I'm confident. Because the thing um, with Doug was it was it was about power, you know. That's why Doug, you know, Doug wanted more power. Uh, and that, now, and that's now whole... Gary, when you say that, over the coaching staff or more over the personnel on the roster? Uh, more over the personnel on the roster. That's really what what it came down to uh, with him. And he he wanted to um, he wanted power over you know over the coaching staff too. And uh, now that I could understand, but he. You know, he wanted power, and they had disagreements about that. You know, there were disagreements about uh, the, the coaching staff, you know. And and and, and um, uh, from what I understand, that was the big, uh, you know, thing. He, he wanted to, you know, promote some of his guys, which I didn't think they deserved, you know, promotion, some of them, the, one, the things he wanted to do. Uh, so I, I understood that they said, well, you know what? We'll part ways. It was kind of shocking, but... I think Doug, he um, flexed his muscles some, and I don't know that I see um, – I don't see Nick doing that. So you – so Nick, so here here again, too, with, with Nick, you know, it, there's a perception out there now that Nick has say in his coaching staff, and I'm like, I, I don't believe that. I mean, Brian Johnson was going to be the offensive coordinator no matter mm -hmm. what, and mm -hmm. if you remember right at the Super Bowl, Sirianni made these comments, Gary – Hey, when I first got to Philadelphia, I had to introduce myself to many of the guys that were on the coaching staff. I mean, you don't think that dynamic has changed in any way? Uh, no, I don't, because I think Howie. I mean, look at that. Look at the success Howie has had. Agreed. I, Not I think ripping Howie it, it's has, just a perception. Well, I, I think Howie has the he has the power. I think he has a lot of say about what's going on with the coaching staff. I think Howie has a lot of say about everything, uh, and. Um, because I, I, you know, I mean, I can understand, you know, uh, Mr. Laurie, I can understand why he would uh, would want to 
you know, give more power to Howie. Howie's been right about so many things. I mean, the guy's built two Super Bowl teams in five years. You know, uh, he's made the right moves. So I could see where he would lean on him and he we would give him more power. But that's clearly what it ha has happened. Um, and I think Doug saying, hey, you know, I won a Super Bowl. So he wanted to show some power there. And that's 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 really what uh, was really the key to why he's not here anymore. It, you know, in his success, I mean, he had his success and everything. And I understand where he was coming from, but but clearly Howie, is, Howie has a lot of power. I'll say this to you as we close. Two Connecticut guys, UConn tonight, right? SDSU. Yeah. But I can promise you this. When UConn came and recruited Gary Cobb and Dan Cilio, they were in some thing called the Yankee Conference. And I remember doing this. That ain't working for me. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I had to tell them, man. You know, yeah. in fact, I had to tell, uh, you know, guy was coming down there to the school. I'm going like, man, you know what? <laughs> you could save yourself a whole lot of money in driving or whatever. You know, it ain't happening, man. You know. I said, where's the school? He goes, Stores, Connecticut. I'm like, where in the God's green earth is <laughs> You know, of course, you know, uh, you know, they, they're changing some things and have stepped up but to a degree. But, uh, but yeah, there was nah, no man. way. Uh, especially, you know, when I, you know, when some of the people that were coming, I mean, I mean, you, you went know, to USC, I went to Miami, and those guys right. were down. I went like this, I, you know, man, that's not going to work. I got to <laughs> tell you a Syracuse story. So this guy, Norm Gerber, came down and recruited me, and I think Dick McPherson was the coach. So he comes down, and he's sitting in my driveway in Stanford. I live down in the Cove. Yeah. And so he's sitting down there, and he's like, hey, I'm going to give you number 44. I played linebacker in college, and he goes, how many – high school, I go – I go, you ain't giving me Jim Brown's number, man. And he I goes, know, come on. He goes, I go, come on, man. He goes, I go, how many, how many guys have you offered 44 to? Norm goes, 20. I said, all right, I'll take a recruiting trip because at least you were honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they came down. I talked, I talked to him. In fact, you know, I went to sleep on the guy. You know, he was talking. I mean, he was a monologue, you know. Yeah, I, you know. But um, one working, <laughs> nah, it, it, it wasn't happening. I, you know, I told him, hey, you know, you could really save save yourself some time and really be uh, more effective if you go ahead and spend that time with somebody else because it ain't happening. Who was the kid that played in Pittsburgh that was a Stanford High kid? Oh, uh, you, you, there, was, there was a kid that followed yeah. you. I forget what his name was, man. Big man, big man, something. Yeah, there and was the, a kid. I, I, I forget. Hey, did too. you know that Mike Sherman coached at Stanford High School, the head coach of the Packers? I I I learned that a while back. I didn't realize that, but yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was it, he was like when Hagen Jay Hagen Jay Egan was there, uh -huh. and I was I was like the guy who was the Green Bay Packers head coach. Coached, <laughs> yeah, he was an assistant coach at Stanford High School, and I'm like, get out of here, man! That's You're amazing. kidding me. Dude, you must have enjoyed playing at Boyle Stadium. These people are going like, what are they talking about? Yeah, you must I, have enjoyed I, I, Boyle Stadium. Well, you know, I, I did. I, I was just telling some people, in fact, um, you know, as a kid, I went up there. I had a cousin that played up there, you know. Uh, he was Alphas. He was a running back, uh, played for Stanford High. And so when I was like, you know. Craig seven, Bingham. Eight, nine. Craig Bingham. Yeah, Craig yeah, Craig Bingham. Bingham. He That's played right. at Stanford High. That's right. Yeah, Bingham, you're right. Yeah, he uh, – uh, but, uh, you know, I used to go up there as a kid and going in and, you know, it seemed like it was, you know, it might as well be the Rose Bowl or, or you know, yeah. some huge. 
but uh, it was it was good to play that. And I had really uh, the, the sports in Stanford. I can't say enough about all the, the time the, the coaches put in to uh, teaching us to do things properly and everything. It, it really helped me in the long run. Gary, no but about you were it. a baseball legend up there, not a foot. I mean, you you are a football, but <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man, they used to. Tell, I know. I hit a shot on the hit a shot to right tech, and they go, "Cobb hit one on the roof." I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, believe me, times I think and I say, you know what? I should have given baseball more of a shot, but but you know, it it was tough though uh, at SC. They were kind of you know, uh, uh, really, what happened is McKay recruited me. And McKay was the athletic director. He wanted me to play football and baseball. But when he left and went to Tampa, then, you know, uh, after that, John I was Robinson. getting pressure that, look, we want you out here for spring football. We, you know, so that's really kind of so what So you happened. were going to do what Bobby Valentine did. That's right. That's yeah, right. Because I, Bobby, Bobby, was, Bobby, I think, was more recruited than you and me and Pizzoli. I know. I mean, Bobby was uh, – they were recruiting him from – Texas. Everybody was after, yeah. Texas, OU, all the place. Gary, great to catch up with you, man, and reminisce. Thank you so much, my friend. 24 right. days to the draft. Thank you, Gary. Okay, have a good one. You got it. That is a legendary Gary Cobb. I've known Gary Cobb since I was 13 years old. Maybe maybe younger. Yeah, because I, I told you guys the story before. Um, I said, if Gary Cobb could get to Southern Cal, I could play Division One football, too. This guy is an I. Do you know who his brother is? Hey, yeah, you know who his brother is? Ernie Cobb. I'll leave it there. I'll take a time out. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild. And time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan. 
that meets both your needs and budget. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much. Yes, Ernie Cobb, um, BC point shaving scandal. Yes. Not many people know that. He's, you know, never. Hey, all I know is he's a coach in um, Arizona. The Cobb family is great people. I've been friends with them forever. Love those guys. And um, yeah, I think he was like the all-time leading scorer. Um, in Stanford high school history or Stanford history, like with basketball. And then uh, he uh, went to Boston college and was all part of that whole thing up there. Crazy, huh? That 30 for 30 they did on that thing up there. Mm. Everyone got caught up in that whole thing. Crazy, man. He's a good, I think he's a high school coach now in in the Phoenix area. So all good, man. Underdog Sills, do you agree that there are four best teams to get to the Super Bowl this year? Eagles, Chiefs, 49ers, Bills. I would throw Bengals in there as well. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, man. Ernie Cobb. Yeah, man. Kind of on the down low. You know, he's good people. He, He don't do a lot of interviews. I know him, though. I've known I, I know that I know that family like so, like I said you you you, you play Babe Ruth baseball they, that's a big baseball area up where I live in Stanford that's a huge baseball area football's kind of like something you do you know because you're a great athlete or you're good at whatever you just baseball's it I mean we have, I think Stanford at one time I think we had a World Series champion come out of Stanford uh, a couple times, got to the Little Little League World Series numerous times from that area. Bunch of great baseball players, man. We had a guy named Marty DeFilippo. Oh, just a ton of dudes, man. Here, here again, Bill. Bill says, hey, Silio, I see Jalen Carter dropping off the board. Here, Bill, I said it earlier, and I'll say it one more time about the kid. Don't lie, dude. You'll be all right. Your tape speaks for you. Your actions also do. Okay? You know where I'm going? Okay? Yeah, I think uh, Bruce Jenner's from Groton, Jim, if I'm not mistaken. I think Bruce Jenner's from Groton. Um, It's right down the street from me. His tape speaks for him, but, dude, your actions are kind of too. So what you got to do is, you got to kind of help your, your, yourself out a little bit here. When a guy asks you a question, okay, 
And if you forgot or you don't know or you're mistaken, tell them, hey, I'm mistaken. Yeah, man, I thought I did this. I thought I said that. Hey, I, yeah, it's me. I did it, though. Don't sit here and try to cover up the lie. This is – Jalen Carter, is, it's like playing out for him like draft day, the movie. Dude, people are not looking at – the. you know what's funny about – check out some players. A guy like Jalen Carter, you think anybody's looking for a hole in his game? Or you think they're looking for a hole in his character right now? What do you think is a more of a priority when it comes to Jalen Carter? You know what the Eagles are saying? If he falls to 10 – we're going to have to do a lot of homework on who the kid is. That's never – hey, kid screws up. Kid has a bad – and by the way, he shows up, doesn't have the best combines. Bet a lot of shit's on his mind, okay? I'll give you the benefit. I can't give you the benefit for multiple lies, though. Okay? And see, then dudes like Todd McShay, this is what they dive on. Oh, I heard this from this and that, and I heard that and this. It's funny. I never heard Tracy Rocker say anything shitty about the guy, or I never heard any of his teammates talk shit on him, and the Eagles have two of them. Ask N'Kobe. I would Hey, Todd McShay or N'Kobe Dean, who are you going to believe? Right? If you're Howie Roseman, who are you going to believe? Tracy Rocker, who recruited him. Or are you going to – I'll tell you this. If he's there at 10 and they passed, Tracy, Tracy passed on him. Okay, I'll tell you, Yale, if he's at 10, Tracy passed on him. And he convinced Howie. Mm -mm. If Jalen Carter's at 10, it's because Dean and and um, Jordan Davis and the D-line coach passed on him. Said, you know, he can be a handful. And do you think he's a good – see, the question my first start out, is he a good dude? They're all going to go, he's a great dude. <clears throat> you know what it looks like to me, though, Nicobe? You know what it looks like to me, though? Jalen Carter's not a leader. Could that be a problem? I don't know. You know, you want to be the captain of your own ship. Hey, big, I'm not saying not take him. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but I'd have to have, I'll tell you this, because I don't know the kid, like Tracy Rocker, the D-line coach in Philadelphia knows him. If Tracy says this, there could be problems with the kid. I'm, if I'm Howie and the coaching staff, do you have enough leadership in the building with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts? Um to make sure that doesn't become a problem for the kid's career. Drafting a dude 10, man, 10th pick in the draft. You can't have the 10th pick in the draft flop because of character and the 13th pick not live up to it. That's how you don't have trenches. That's not what the Eagles are. That's not what the Eagles are known for failing in the trenches. They're not known for that. And it's one thing to sit there and see like a person like like watch this. Who who ha, who would you feel more comfortable drafting? Jalen Carter or Jordan Davis? Guy runs a four seven eight. He's an enormous dude. There's no character issues. Man, he's really he. You know, he just needs to stop eating. 
That's a discipline thing, but not a discipline thing that could get him suspended. Not a discipline thing that could have issues with other things. You know, laying off the White Castles. Come on there, Hoss. I'm going to start finding your ass. And unlike the rest of these guys, okay, you're getting a hundred grand for every pound over. If you keep that shit up, make it hard on him. Help him. Treat him like a college kid until he grows up. That's maybe you got to go there. I don't know. I think Tracy has to have a good handle on that. If you don't listen to Tracy Rocker and he coached you in college, you're going to listen to anybody. You're not going to listen to anybody. There's not a D-line coach in the NFL that could coach that guy better than Tracy Rocker can because he's had him since he was 17 years old. I mean, I know Tracy. 17 years old, dude. He's known that guy. If you can't, if, if Tracy Rocker can't get that guy to play great this year, he'll never. Okay? Now, Troy, wait a minute, Troy. I'm not saying not. He's the second best. How about this, Troy? He's got the second best tape of any player in the draft. That kid, Bijan Robinson's like five. Okay? He's like five. I'm not, I'm not saying not take him. I would I, see what I don't want to do is I don't want to pass on Randy Moss or Warren Sapp or Ray Lewis. And I'll tolerate some bullshit. I'll tolerate it. As long as the bullshit outweighs, doesn't outweigh the production. Jimmy Johnson used to have the sliding scale, he called it. Hey, Cilio, I'll put up with this amount of shit as long as you're up here in production. You're over here, I'm all right with it. You start having this outweigh it, I'm out. He told Charles Haley that same shit. Charles, that bullshit you pulled on in San Francisco ain't flying here. Okay, and if you're going to do that crap here, you don't want to practice during the week, you want to have limited time on the practice field, that's fine. But come game day, you better have two and a half sacks and you better have six tackles and you better be hitting the quarterback. That was Haley's. That was the whole thing. That's how Jimmy coached you. All right. Hey, Michael. You want to be up here with this? You better be over here with that. That's how he was able to coach different styles of personalities. He could coach Troy Aikman's never going to be like this. Troy's going to be right here. Okay? Funny, he turned out to be the toughest guy he ever coached, Troy Aikman. Eagle Wayne. We should pass on B. John Robinson. I'll tell you what, though, man. That's the guy that makes the most sense and draft defense 10 and 30. You really think there's one dude at 10 and 30 that are going to turn your defense into a top two team? I don't think so. I think that Bijan Robinson can add to you being the best offense in the NFL. So would you rather? That's a great question. I pick a running back up in the second round. There's not running backs in the second, third round. It's a limited pool of running backs this year. It's not good, Eagle Way. So would you rather have this? Would you rather have an elite defense or an elite offense? You're not getting both anymore. You're not getting both. Howie told you. He's on a budget. What would you rather have? Yeah, Gail, there's two backs. 
kid from Bama and Robinson, the rest of them? What would you rather have? I'd rather have the best offense. I'd rather have the best offense. Offense is going to win you the games, man. This is, an, this is a league of offense. This is a league of offense. I heard Barrett say something a couple weeks ago um, that Hugh Douglas said, uh, WIP, and that was defenses today, having an elite defense is a luxury. I'm starting to think that's correct. I'm starting to think that's correct. Dude, this Jonathan Gannon and this underneath zone coverage defense, I think that's the way you go nowadays because all the money that's being spent on the offensive side of the football. There's more premium positions that have to be paid on the offensive side than on the defensive side. Edge rusher corner, right? Offense, wide out, left tackle, tight end, quarterback. And there's bigger economics being talked about on that side. Okay? Best town along the lines, factor in value. Dude, right. Well, one thing I'll say about the um, Eagles offensive line, like I said, you got three dudes in that line making $45 million. You better be the best. The biggest impact of any position on the Eagle roster and their group settings are in their own line. Center's 14-4, left tackle's a $16 million guy. Right tackles a $17 million guy. You got a bunch of money involved in that. You got a second-round draft choice now, going to play guard for you on the right side. Landon Dickerson, his deal's coming up soon after 24. You got to pay him. By the way, he's going to command a nice paycheck. He's rolling into being, when Zach Martin leaves, he's rolling into being, I think, I mean, he, he's in there, man. He's he, he is really getting better and better. And plus that left side of the football, dude, you could have those two guys over there, Landon Dickerson, and you can have Jordan Mulata over there as long as the Raiders had Upshaw and Shell. It could be a staple for the next decade. Your left side and your quarterback's blind side could be intact. And if you put Jurgens over at the center – Look at how young you are after 24. From Jurgens over on the left side, your right side you're going to have to completely replace, in my opinion, after 24, depending on what Lane does. The right side is going to have to be replaced. But the left side, you're going to have Mulata, Dickerson, and Jurgens for the next decade. I mean, you the Giants have not been able to find decent offensive linemen. And I, I told you this a couple months ago. Dave Gettleman was a train wreck at trying to find O-linemen. The Eagles develop O-linemen. It's, 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 it's like the Peyton Manning quarterback school. You, when you want O-linemen, you go to Philly. You want to get paid, you go to Philly. You got the greatest teacher and the greatest track record I've ever seen. In the pits. I want to reset and I want to talk more about this here again about the needs as we're getting ready. We're 24 days out to the draft. You know, I saw something online once again about um, Angel Reese. <clears throat> I want to hit on something else here. I missed, 
I didn't I didn't say this. I wanted the LSU star who's getting a lot of heat for nothing. I love that she's also put her footprints in the um in the sand. She's making a statement. There's there's no doubt about it. I love the girl. I love the program. I love the head coach. I love the whole thing. I want to reset. Hour number three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Three Big Stills National Football Show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard here. Um, real quick, one more time here on Lamar Jackson doing his own contract. And we kind of broached this last week a little bit. Boy, I totally hate how people are making it seem that Lamar Jackson needs an agent or he's not smart enough to ask what he wants in a contract. 
I, I don't, where, where, how do you know he's not smart enough? He needs an agent. Roquan Smith didn't. He cut his own deal. He knew what he wanted, cut his own deal. It's a pretty lucrative deal, too, by the way. It wasn't just a five and a half million dollar contract. He knew what he wanted. So, Rokon's smarter than Lamar. Are, are you making that innuendo that he's not smart and he needs an agent? Why? How do you know that? You don't know he you don't know some of these people from a can of paint. Mancer goes, you look red in the face, Hills. You would be right. I got burned over the weekend, my friend. And my wife kept telling me to get out of the sun. So, Manster, you're right. I'm wearing sleeves because I look like some redneck from Nebraska. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you. Not a good look, man. Yale goes, it's a complicated negotiation. Why? I want this. I want that. I don't need this. I don't care about that shit. I want to have it this way. If I put seven things on the table, Yale... Complicated? Who's being complicated? Lamar or the Ravens? Who, who, who's being complicated? Why is it always the players, the dummy? Why is it always the player? So you feel comfortable if you're Baltimore, how this is going. Baltimore's doing this thing right. You know, look at how they're acting. At the end of the day, if you lose the kid, you're dumb. You're dumb. If How about this? Let's do this. Say Lamar is not doing it right, but he still leaves. You think you won that? Do you actually think he won that? 91 says he didn't cut his own deal. Yes, he did. Roquan did. Yes, he did. He has no connections or leverage. If Lamar had an agent, he'd have a deal. No. If Lamar had an agent, he would be negotiating for his next client using Lamar. That's what Lamar doesn't want. Okay, when you sign up with these agencies, they're looking out for the next guy because they have to have relationships with that team. Remember that. What's their number one priority? The player or the relationship with the organization? Well, what you think if you cut a deal with Howie Roseman and it goes harsh and it's a sideways deal, Howie's going to be receptive to open the door for you to have you walk in and go, hey, come on in, man. And bygones be bygones. You think that's how that works? Tell me you think that's not true. Tell me you know that's not true. If you have a tough negotiator and he's in there negotiating for you, but this guy's got still in the back of his nine. He's got 700 clients that he's got to also service. You think he's got your best interest or his? Remember, he gets a percentage off that shit. So who do you really think the agent's serving? The player or him? Always put that into consideration. When you have a media agent, and say you have Skip Bayless as your top guy, and you've got Dan Cilio down here in the 30s. You think he gives a shit about Dan Cilio? Or the relationship that he has with Fox for, for Skip Bayless, who makes $20 million a year. You think he gives a shit about me? 
You don't give a shit about me. That's not how agents work, man. They're always looking for clients, and they're always looking to make sure the relationship with that team. They're not servicing the player. They're servicing themselves. They have to. That's what an agent does. That, that That's very few agents have that. It's about the agent having the leverage, not Lamar Jackson having the leverage. Let me tell you something. You walk in there, you're CAA, or you walk in there, you're Jimmy Sexton or Tom Condon, and you walk into Howie Roseman's office, hey, man, leverage is on the agent side because he passed some of the top players and quarterbacks and coaches. Jimmy Sexton, hey, hey, Yale, who was the guy that died on the airplane with Payne Stewart? What's his name? Robert Fraley? Is that who it was? The guy was on the airplane with uh, with Payne Stewart. This guy had like 15 NFL head coaches on the books. Okay? You wanted a head coach, you went through Robert Fraley. Okay? You wanted to talk to somebody, you went to him. Okay? When you got that kind of leverage, dude, people are looking at it going like, well, you know, you know, you know the... The kid doesn't have the leverage. No, the agency doesn't. Yeah, remember that? Robert Fraley was on that plane because he represented Payne. Payne lived in Orlando, had a chance to meet him numerous times. And Robert Fraley, I think if I'm not mistaken, used to represent Jimmy Johnson too. They represented, I think he represented, um, I think he represented, uh, um, Bill Parcells, all the top dudes. So if you you were going to talk to somebody and you wanted to talk to a player, you went to Robert Fraley. The top guys used to be, or still, Steinberg has made himself because he's got Mahomes again, but he had that issue. Um, he had a personal issue, and he got out of the business for a little bit, but he's climbing back up the ladder because of Patrick Mahomes, and he's a great agent. But it used to be Bob Wolf, Randy Fataha, all them guys. Now it's Rosenhaus, CAA, Sexton, and them guys. Now Clutch is getting in it. The big agency houses, they look at a guy. Watch this. Okay, so a guy like Zach Pascal is negotiating with the Eagles. Do you know why sometimes those guys get jobs? Because DeAndre Hopkins' deal is coming up. And in the middle of negotiations, hey, how's D-Hop doing? He's doing great, man. Uh, real happy, you know. We'd like to see what's maybe out there when free agency hits. That's how the conversations start with potentially landing somebody. Agent, friends with somebody else, somebody represents somebody else on your team. What do you think this is? Th- th- this is about Lamar? If, if, if Baltimore loses him, they lost, just like Houston did. So what would you rather have? Three ones or Deshaun Watson? You had the guy. Now you got to go look for him again. Most of the time you're going to land on Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. You're going to land on them dudes. 
finding a franchise guy. Look at the Eagles. The Eagles got lucky because they thought they landed. If they thought Jalen Hurts was a franchise quarterback, they'd have drafted him in the first round like they did Wentz. They thought Wentz was the guy. Well, he wasn't. Shit, man. New England thought Bledsoe was the guy. They gave him $118 million the year previous and an $18 million signing bonus. The next year, they draft this guy in the sixth round. Passing on him five times. It passed on. Hey, Brady, you know, just was brilliant drafting by the Patriots. No, they got lucky because they landed on Brady in the sixth round. They passed on him five times and drafted stiffs in front of him. Oh, the Patriots, man, they knew what they were doing. You think? Did you get a liar like Bill Polian? Well, we had a first-round grade on him in Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, right? No, you didn't. Nobody had a first-round pick on a guy who ran a 5'8". <laughs> no, I mean, you really – you saw Brady's draft picture. You were like this. That guy works at a Wawa. <laughs> okay? He's not an NFL quarterback prospect. This guy works at a White Castle. <laughs> he don't work at no quarterback factory. Crazy, man, how people look and try to change narratives. And so, again, these agencies, man, I mean, they, they have they have a laundry list of players that they got to service. That's what Lamar's looking at. He doesn't want to be put. You see, Lamar doesn't want to be put in that category with the rest of the quarterbacks. That's why I think Jalen Hurts is handling a lot of his own narrative. I do. I think Jalen's handling a lot of his own narrative, and that's why it's been a smooth conversation. I'll tell you, Gary Cobb said something really cool. Okay, you know what? You're learning more about Jalen's character and his silence. That's the best way you can have it. Learn from one's character through silence because the actions speak louder than the words. He cares about the team. Free agency was important to him. To him, getting some players back, limiting the damage that Howie had in front of him, he did. Getting ready for the draft, he is. And then getting his deal done. That's a guy who's in it for the long haul. That's why I say it's Brady-esque. Like, it's like Tom Brady. Brady was never in the game for the short time. He's in the game for the long haul. That was the difference between Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Peyton Manning to some extent. Peyton Manning was in it for the long haul. When you get some of these guys that are in it for the long haul, that's why Peyton Manning has such an ass with Jim Irsay. You know what's funny with Peyton? I never hear Peyton Manning ever really talk about himself being a cult. I mean, you would swear he was a Bronco his entire career. But he had a better relationship with the Bowling family than he did with the Irsay family. And his accomplishments are more in Indianapolis than they are in Denver. But it's the, it's the way that he was treated up there. 
he was treated better in, in, in Denver in the shorter time than he was in Indianapolis. I never hear Peyton Manning talk about his time in Indianapolis unless someone asks him. You know, he's not going to go out of his way to be a jackass to, to, to Jim Marseille. But I would say this to you. He talks more. He lives in Denver. He lives in Denver. Hey, Sills, how do you feel about Angel Reese pointing her ring finger and waving it in front of her face? And I feel like it was taunting Caitlin Clark after the loss for Iowa. Bill, I loved it. I'm a fan now of, of um, Angel Reese. She put women's basketball on the map, not just with her play, but personality. Dude, who cares? Who cares? When Jordan does this, or Bird's telling you, hey, I'm going to shoot this right in your face, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. Excuse me, Aunt Betty, and I'm sorry it's Easter week. I apologize. Okay? Those were what he, those were words he used. There's not a thing you could do about it. Okay? I mean, I love it. She put women's basketball on the map. That performance. Hey, and by the way, Tone, what's the woman's name that's the head coach at LSU? I want to play for her, man. You kidding me? I'm all over that, man. Look at Callie Green. He's exactly right. I don't talk women's sports. Now I do. Because of her. Winning and personality. Kim Mulkey, she's a legend. She reminds me of Jimmy Johnson. Let's her players have their personality, as long as it's not over the top. And the most important thing, win. Win. Turn. She coached Brittany Griner, and now she's coaching this. What a fabulous coach. What a fabulous human being to allow kids to be who you are, grow, have a personality. To give hope. Man, we need more women like that. And we need to reporting and be reporting on more women. I'll tell you what, Gino Ariema may be the greatest women's and one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. This lady here has a special sauce on how she connects with kids. Dude, you can't you can't put that in a in, in a bottle on how coaches can motivate kids, and especially kids that have different types of personalities. Jimmy Johnson, I'll give you guys a, a, a story on Jimmy, okay? I don't ever remember Coach Jimmy Johnson ever calling a play in my entire time being around him, and I was around him for about seven years. I don't ever remember being around him and having hearing him Um. She's also a three-time champion head coach at Baylor, so now she's got four rings. She's on her way to being Nick Saban. I don't ever remember that guy ever coaching and running a play during a game. But I'll tell you what, you know where Jimmy did it during the week? I've told some of you guys this story, and yeah, forgive me for boring some of you. So I'm at the University of Miami. My aunt knows the story, and some of you do. And we, we're staying at the Don Shula Hotel. 
I didn't have any towels or blankets or any kind of toiletry or anything in my dorm room. I had nothing. So I stole blankets out of the Don Shula Hotel and towels and shit like that. Jimmy coming to my ass, man, you mother, you know our team and all the teams stay there. What the? I, he goes, why did you take it? I didn't have any towels or blankets. For Christ's sake. What? I, I I didn't have a blanket, coach. What are you using? I go, towel from the um, training room. And he goes like this. Get back in the huddle. Show up the next day. There's blankets, toiletries, toothpaste, soap, shampoo, dental floss, wash rags, all on my bed. I show up the next day to practice, and I go, thanks, coach. He goes, for what? He, I, I said, thank you. I appreciate it. And he goes like this. Don't be stupid. Just ask me. Don't be stupid. And that's why, that's why he comes on my program now. Because I locked myself in my dorm room for the next three years. <laughs> and I did too. Because he goes like this. You know, you don't get many chances after what happened in Maryland. You don't get many chances. That's it. Let's go. Let's go win. That, that to me, is coaches that connect beyond just giving you X's and O's. That's a guy who takes a, a personal caring of who you are as a human. That's what I think this basketball coach at LSU does. And so when someone does this, I started laughing. I thought it was fabulous because the only way she can do this is because that coach wears those flamboyant outfits and she barks at the microphone too. Jimmy used to bark at the microphone like that. Now you tell that fat ass buddy, Ryan, Jimmy used to bark like that. And so we felt the fart coach barked, why not us? And he didn't care. And that's why we won. We won because we were who we were. We didn't have to hide who we were. I'm thinking Alabama a little bit. You got to kind of hide. I don't know if I'd like to play for Saban because I think you got to kind of hide who you are. I like, and I don't know if you can do that shit today. The stuff we did back in the day, you probably couldn't do today. We were too out there. You you just couldn't do the shit we did and say the stuff we did. (laughs) It just was not going to happen. I mean, we're the black hat guys. And and so that's kind of what she is. She's the black hat person. Okay, I love it. Angel Reese. And he, you, know, you know what's crazy, too? Even Clark goes, hey, they won. What do you want me to do? She's probably a shit talker, too. Good for her, man. You know, she really, you know what Clark did more for that situation there? Right there, those two people right there did more for college basketball, co- women's college basketball, than any two women that I can remember in a long time. Nancy Lieberman, um, uh, the UCLA or USC, the sister, um, they uh, Cheryl Miller. These two probably did more for women's basketball. The ratings. Tone told me prior to coming on the air, they had a higher rating than the NBA All Star Game. That's freaking awesome. That is a win for women's sports. 
But you see, we, we're sexist in, in sports medium. Oh, my God. That's like what I told you last week. Remember when I was talking about you about Simone Biles? Um, and, you know, everyone's saying mental health. And then Ben Simmons. Again, whether you believe Ben is using it as a crutch or not. You look at Ben, you call him a loser. You look at Simone Biles and you look at her and you go, well, she needed a break. That's not how you cover that. If you don't want to be there, you shouldn't have been there. But you can't do that because then everyone gets all panty bent. Okay? Men, men, media people don't cover women's sports right. We're too sensitive to it. Shit, Dana White um, had a problem with it. With, with women UFC. Little did he realize until he started noticing that the women UFC were pull, pulling in some of the bigger numbers than even what the guys were doing. Some of his greatest fighters, some of his greatest fights. Amanda Nunez has to be considered one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. I enjoyed watching her. I've had her on my program. One of the most versatile fighters in the history of the sport. I love Amanda Nunez. Okay? Loved him. I mean, hey, when you see a woman get punched in the face in UFC, you see a guy gets punched in the face? Yeah. It's how they're covered. Same way. Girl does this. It's no class. I saw what Portno posted. I saw what he did. Then again, you got to remember, Dave roots for a football program that's won a half a national title in the last 80 years. So I don't know. Michigan, Michigan football. <laughs> right? Michigan football in the last 80 years has won half a national title. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, I love that, John. Hey, there's a reason. There's a reason why UFC and now WWE have merged. Hey, you see Vince part of that whole thing now? Along with, so you got Vince McMahon and Dana White collaborating on a company now. What was the thing? What's it worth now? $21.4 billion. Oh, my God. So you got Vince McMahon, who's the greatest entertainment guy since Ringling Brothers, and along with Dana White together, collaborating on a company. Dude, nobody's ever going to compete with the NFL except that company. That company could compete. Because you have Vince and you have Dana. Two dudes that you, two dudes that do this to people, especially media people. I don't give a F what you think. I don't care what you think of me. Well, you, that's great to do when you have FU money. Okay. That's great when you have FU money and you, you know, You've you you you've 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 put a company like that together. See, you have to have your own company to be able to do that. Because those guys have no fear. And that's why those companies, that's why Dana White through COVID, he didn't care. He's like, we're doing this. If I have to get an island in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, wherever it was, I don't care. We're doing this. I don't care what we do. Vince, same thing. Man. Eh, well, Watson, WWE, you know, 
will still always be, but now that you have UFC, now you're, you're going to combine them both. So you're going to have like Lesnar and Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor. It, it, you know what it's going to do though? When you put both of those two together, um, what you're going to do is you're going to make more opportunity for the wrestlers and fighters to make more to make more income. That's a good thing for the that's a good thing for the athletes, man. There's more opportunity at revenue stream. Bill says I want to give Caitlin Clark awesome props yesterday for breaking history for shooting eight three pointers. Okay, great, dude. Those those women put women's college basketball on the map. Who gives a shit about women's basketball? I do now. You have that kind of personality and it's fun to watch. Wow. I've missed it. Cool. More cool things to talk about. Tell you what, covering Angel Reese versus covering Tim Duncan, I'll take Angel Reese any night. I'll take her any night. Personality, winning, fun, in your face, shut up, and win. <laughs> I love those things. Like you said, Hank, it's a reality television show. I mean, the whole thing, man, women's tournament was, dude, the women's tournament, you could make an argument that it was more entertaining than the guys' tournament. And the guys' tournament was off the charts. The ratings for the women's side have been unbelievable. And they should expand. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do this. Now, look at the media. They're trying to shut her down and trying to shut her up. She refuses. Good for her. That's a warrior. Hey, sometimes when you're the first to do it, you've got to take slings and arrows because most people don't like when you do something uncomfortable. And what they do is they attack you always. It, it, it's what it is. More people listen to her now than a lot of women athletes. Now she's going to be considered the black hat of women's college basketball. I love that. So were we. I'll tell you what, though. Like I said, though, Bill, I give, I give Clark a lot of love. Hey, man, they won. What do you want from me? She has an ass, too. <laughs> I mean... She was like this. Hey, man, what do you want from me? They won. They beat us. Hey, whatever. Didn't bug me at all. Didn't bo bother her at all. That's killer. She's She's got class, too, man. I mean, dude, look at this. I spent, I spent more time talking about two women athletes. I, I can't think of Serena Williams. Okay, Serena Williams. Hey, hey, Joe, Sills, be honest. It was five sisters versus five snowbunnies. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that before, Joe. <laughs> uh, with, with that cool coach, I hadn't thought about that before, but since you pointed it out. Hey, and by the way, someone always will do this. You know, I, I, I get aggravated when it's about race. What? Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Do you actually think that that wasn't, and that rivalry wasn't motivated by race? Culture of the cities, the franchises, the two guys in college, 
all of that black and white are you under some impression that that had nothing to do with that dynamic and that maybe the greatest rivalry in NBA basketball bird and magic and by the way they're two best friends now are you under some impression that that had no bearing on it it brought more white fans to the NBA than ever before Magic Johnson did. And I was a Magic Johnson fan. I'm not a Larry Bird fan. French Lick, Indiana. I couldn't tell you where that is on a map. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a Magic Johnson fan. I'm a Magic guy, man. Dude, that was my... More people watch the NBA for those two dudes. Do you know that that game to this day, that was tonight's the national championship game. Uh, SDSU against UConn do you know that that game between Magic and Larry I think it was 1979 in St. Louis do you know that that game still to this day is the highest rated national championship basketball game of all time those two guys what do you think it's because Indiana State versus Michigan State or do you think it's because black guy white guy Magic Johnson Larry Bird you think Larry had any kind of personality it was Magic that made that happen Magic was the guy that made that rivalry. Magic was the guy that made that whole thing happen. And Larry came along with it with his excellence. Okay? To me, that's the golden age of NBA basketball. Sitting around, how many guys my age, sitting around watching Larry and Magic in a finals. Okay, do you guys remember any finals that LeBron or even Jordan, who did Jordan play in finals? Portland, Seattle, Utah. I mean, right? Dude, Magic and Larry, Lakers, Celtics, Boston, LA. There was nothing like those. And they always went seven. Detroit. Detroit and Chicago was more interesting to me, the Eastern Conference Finals, okay, the Eastern Conference Finals, than the NBA Finals. Because you had Lambert and you had Isaiah and you had Jordan. Because remember what the dynamic was with Isaiah. Isaiah was from, Isaiah was from Chicago. And Jordan took his town. Isaiah is a Chicago kid. And every time he goes to Chicago now, it's a it's Jordan country. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you talking about? This guy's from Wilmington, like North Carolina, I think it is. Wilmington, North Carolina, I think Jordan's from. Isaiah's from Chicago. Dude, Bird and Magic, the NBA, the NBA playoffs are so boring now that women's basketball is showing you that no one even watches their their their, their all-star game because no one cares. <laughs> I'm going for UConn tonight, even though I love San Diego State. I love Steve Fisher. Hey, here's something, here's something else about Fisher, so you know. So Steve Fisher's not in the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because he stood up for Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, uh, Jackson, Juwan Howard. He stood up for all them guys. He would never, 
because of that guy Martin who was involved in paying the guys. You know, they took all the banners down. They took everything away. This guy won an NIT, a national championship, created the Fab Five, came out here and created San Diego State. And do you know he's not in the Hall of Fame? But you'll put a guy like Jim Beheim in, Rick Pitino in, who used whores and prostitutes to recruit players to go to Louisville. And those guys are all in the Hall of Fame. And Steve Fisher's not because he stood up for his guys and he refused to knock out the people at Michigan. And he pays, he fell on the sword for that whole thing, Fab Five. Guess who his assistant coach was? Brian Dutcher. It was Brian Dutcher who recruited Jawan Howard, Jalen Rose, Jimmy Jackson, all them guys. I know the whole story. Dutch told me the whole thing. They were talking about illegal payments to Michigan. That's why they put him on probation. And, and Dutch said none of that what happened. Remember something. Those guys not only recruited all those dudes, they also recruited uh, Kawhi Leonard. Those guys recruited Kawhi. And they won't put Fisher in the Hall of Fame. He's won an NIT. He's been the fourth. Do you know this is Brian Dutcher's seventh? I think it's, let me see, three. Let me see. He took over for Bill Frieder, and, and Dutcher was with him when Fisher won the national title at Michigan. Um, then they went two more times, I think. This is Brian Dutcher's fourth trip to the final game. This is, I believe, his fourth. How, how, how many national titles did the Fab Five lose? Did they lose three or two? I thought it was two. Um, but Brian Dutcher was there the whole time with Steve Fisher. And you couldn't ask for a greater guy. So I'm a big fan of them dudes because they've went through a lot of bullshit. I mean, hookers and blow. <laughs> Only you, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, I think you still live in the 80s, my friend. <laughs> oh, man, you're... <laughs> oh, man. I want to fit. Hey, I want to finish up something that I started. I didn't get a chance to. Oh, by the way, real quick. So, like, could somebody tell me to, before we go to timeout, Tone or somebody, how old is the new Viking Stadium? Could somebody tell me how old the new Viking Stadium is? Do you guys know? Gee, I can remember. I mean, and that thing only like six years old. I'll, I'll talk about Slay here in a minute. I'll dress it. Um, could somebody tell me how old that stadium is, that brand new stadium in Minneapolis that the Vikings play at? Um, KC, don't tell me it's three years old. It's not three years old. It can't be three years old. No way. No way. It can't be. Seven years old. Seven years? Built in 2017. Well, now they're going open in 17. Okay. Well, they're going to taxpayers now in Minneapolis asking for $300 million in upgrades. And they're asking the fans to pay. Man, it must be great to be a billionaire like Ziggy Wolf. I ain't paying for this shit. 
You are. <laughs> 300 million on a set on a stadium that opened in 17. <laughs> hey man, NFL man. They print money, dude. They do. They treat you like wrestling fans. So in 2017, since 2017, the Vikings now need two uh, $300 million in upgrades. Let me take a time out on that. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show. You guys have a problem with Darius Slay telling you that he was almost a Raven? Not really. No. Brandon Graham told you he was almost a Brown. 
Why would you have a problem with Slay saying that? I think it's just part of it. I, I mean, of all things Slay said and done, I I, I mean, <laughs> how you you know what's you know what's crazy when you when you say something on Twitter, like a player is talking to the Cardinals, Steelers, or whomever. Hey, the Steelers have inquired about this. Are are you folks under the impression that like 20 teams aren't after the best deal on the planet? Just so happens you have to have and you happen to have one of the best deal makers in the business in Howie Roseman. Do you understand? There's 31 other men out there that are trying to do what Howie's doing, find the right deal. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to pick the phone up and talk to agents out the wazool. So when Slate goes like this, hey, I do think that this is how it worked. I think after they realized that um, they were hedging on, on Gardner Johnson's money, I think they wanted Gardner Johnson more. I'll stick to my guns on this. Gardner Johnson was the top priority. Okay, Bradbury in there too. And Slay just, I think the reason that Slay got the deal done is because Gardner Johnson wasn't going to resign for the money that Philly was paying him. And that's why they restructured the contract. You don't bleed out there to all the people that work around the Eagles, that the Eagles, and in front pages of all kinds of papers and people saying it, Fox Sports, ESPN, that the Eagles were releasing them. That doesn't just by happenstance happen. That was bled out for a reason. They were moving on from him. Then when they realized it wasn't happening, they probably did call him in the office. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what we'll do. We need a $4 million haircut. So this is what we're going to do. We'll restructure. We'll give you more money. Okay, because quite frankly, it would have been what was what was the number twenty six million dollar cap hit if they ended up getting rid of him, and it would have been a big time cap hit. And so they said this, hey, get this, they'd rather pay the cap. They gave him twenty three, I think it was guaranteed dough on the deal, plus the contract, and it basically is a one year deal. It, it without any kind of casualties over the next two years, and because you could defer it. I don't, I mean, but the Raven stuff, who cares? I don't care. Dude, like Brandy Graham, there was, there was, there was a comment made by some people that Brandy Graham was offered money to go play in Cleveland with Andrew Barry, who was in the front office of Philly. I don't know. Okay. So that's standard operating procedure. I'm not sure what, what the, what the story is here. Yes, he did. He gave him relief and he dropped his he dropped his salary down. I think, like I said, Tone and I look at it. Hey, Ray. Ray goes, Slay is an immature selfish clown. Who cares if he's an immature selfish clown? Go get me six picks. Who cares? Coach that. I I remember something. 
if you've got guys that you know have these quirky personalities and are a little eccentric, so what? It's your job as GM and coach to manage that and coach that. No one cares. If you're like, look at this. Here's the greatest example. T.O. So I thought it was funny. So I, I guess on the uh, Kelsey podcast, there, there's a story about T.O. going down to Miami. And he just happened to be on the same plane that Howie Roseman. And so T.O. being the jackass that he is, um, told the general manager, F you. And I guess there was some exchange. These guys, I guess, didn't see eye to eye. But you know what he did? They, they, they made a move for him. They had him on the team. They went to a Super Bowl. And the guy was going to be un, – un, he was going to always be unhinged. Owens is an unhinged player. Antonio Brown is an unhinged player. Le'Veon Bell is an unhinged player. Would you not want those guys on your team? Michael Irvin is an unhinged player. Would you want those guys on your team? Absolutely. Lawrence Taylor is an unhinged player. Would you want those guys on your ball team? Some go like this, where you have to compromise your integrity at times. Um, remember something, when you're a professional football player versus a college guy, I'm not responsible for you when you go home at night and you leave the facility. That's a you thing. I'm not your babysitter. That'd be like telling me that the people that you guys work with, your boss follows you home and your boss is up your ass like that. Dog, you're responsible for who you are. Okay. When you get paid professionally, okay, you're the one that pays your electric bills, your rent, all that. When you show up to the facility, that's when your ass is mine. That's what Al Davis used to tell me. Hey, I don't give a shit about these guys doing any of that stuff. Show up on time and play like hell. Those were the only rules in Oakland with Al Davis and John Madden. John Madden and all them guys used to always tell me, all these teams with all these crazy rules, all these freaking nutty rules. And you go like this, show up on time and play like hell. That's all I care about. The rest of that shit just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I don't care. But you got to be on time and you got to play hard. And if you do both those things, that's why they could have John Matuzak. That's why they could have all the great players that they've had on their team that were quirky dudes. Ted Hendricks and them kind of crazy guys, Jack Tatum and Hendrick, uh, George, George uh, Hendricks and all them guys. George Atkinson, excuse me. CJ was overrated cancer in Philadelphia. I think that's an opinion. And I don't think that's the right one. Hey, Sills, the only reason Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey came back for one more year because they heard Brandon Graham gets resigned. I think Cox and Kelsey were going to retire. Why in the world, if you're Jason Kelsey, would you retire coming off an all-pro season and the Eagles gave you $14.4 bucks? How many guys on that team are being paid higher than him right now? Landon? 
Bradbury, Slay, and Mulata? Those are the only guys making more money than him? I don't know, man. $14.5 million, and you're all pro? Not Pro Bowl. All pro? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, dude, you're still playing at... Why in the world would you... Li- hey, I get if you just... Get pushed in for the Pro Bowl because your boys wanted to put you in there. But I'm going to tell you this, man. You're all pro means there's only one center. You got you understand that. There's one freaking center. There's one center. There's two guards, two tackles, and there's one center, and you're it. You're it's like being it's like being called the best center in hockey. Okay, you're the best center in the world in the NHL. That's a pretty big distinguish, distinguishing separation. You're the best scorer in the NHL. AJ, you're right. You're right, Yale. AJ's got 25. You're right. He makes the most. AJ makes the most. That's right. I forgot AJ makes 25 million. Yeah, no, I... CJ was ranked 40th. Marinum, we're going to agree to disagree. I think Gardner-Johnson... It's a massive loss. I agree with Barrett that the kid from Pittsburgh is probably a more skilled safety because that's his pure position. Gardner Johnson's a better ball player. It only took him six months to lead the NFL in interceptions. I don't know. Pittsburgh moved on from the guy. Pittsburgh moved on from the dude. They're upgrading. The Eagles signed. Pittsburgh's downgrade. I mean, and the Lions upgraded. You can say whatever you want, dude. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. Watch this. Maybe he is an $8 million mistake. I can promise you this, though. The kid from Pittsburgh ain't making half of that. Edmonds is a huge okay agree okay well again we'll agree to disagree we're gonna wait and see how this thing plans uh plays out uh it should be very interesting again we're getting 24 days out to the draft great stuff man I mean I think you're gonna I think for tomorrow what what pick do you think is going to be more in play the 10th or the 30th the 10th or the 30th the 10th has more value it has more value the 30th you're kind of at the top of the second round all right i got uconn tonight pretty handily i'm hoping it's a great game watch this i hope it's as good a, a good a climate as I saw in the women's tournament. Okay. Angel Reese, you're one of my new favorite athletes on the planet now. (laughs) Good for you, man, on what you guys did over the weekend. Appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. See you on the flip side. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. 
Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.